0: Insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all of that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander in chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his properties. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks, no more before it's too late. to join the conversation. It's so code nine one four eight zero three forty 803 thats 914 If you are listening on Blog Talk Radio and you're in the chat, uh, please come over to the YouTube chat because you can participate in that chat as well. So you, youtube.com slash liberaldanradio as well. It's better to have one chat than two. Uh, two chats are not better than one in this case. Uh, if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. on the show thread at liberaldan.com facebook.com slash liberal dan or facebook.com slash liberal dan radio at liberal dan radio on twitter or here on youtube as well liberal radio on twitter to support the show the best thing you could do is subscribe to the channel uh if you haven't done so already like the video comment in the comment sections like and share and comment on other videos as well get the algorithms up make sure that other people can uh, subscribe to the channel as well i would really love to be able to hit um a thousand maybe by the end of the month Um, maybe I'm gonna try to get another big push off as well hopefully we'll see knock on wood Um, got a couple of guests over the next few weeks hopefully we'll be able to do that we also um, I'm we we, once we get again the, the roadmap to trying to get things expanded and larger will be as follows we got once we get a thousand once we get a thousand subscribers here i go to two days a week once we get monetized i flip over to twitch as well so in order to prepare for twitch uh, i'm asking everybody to also uh follow me over on twitch.tv slash liberal radio as well i have the nerdy dan stream that's tuesdays and thursdays but also if you have not followed my twitch channel for liberal dan radio do that as well to get that ball ball rolling i'm not doing anything with it yet but it can't hurt to get that started. So it becomes easier for me to become affiliate at that point. Once um, I'm monetized here, give me affiliate over there. I can then start earning money on both platforms as well. But the first things first is we're trying to get this uh, monetized over here so we can get super chats and subs going over here and all that good stuff. Um, we do have uh, Tara Dublin coming in. Uh, this, at the bottom of half the hour, 8, 8.30, uh, which is going to be a good time. And uh, um, Tuesday is going to be a special Nerdy Dan stream. I'm taking off of my regular job on Tuesday, and I'm going to be doing a, a Tuesday a full day over on twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com to celebrate the fact that I've been an affiliate over there for over a year. I could not have done that uh, without um, you all especially Aaron and Jolie Aaron and Jolie were uh, very fundamental in helping me get the minimum views that I needed to get in order to uh in order to hit that goal um, so thank you all especially um, other people like Megan and Andrea and other folks Robert um, uh who also a bunch of other people have come over if I'm forgetting y'all I do apologize but there has been other people who have come over some of my friends have also come over and joined and and used their uh, Amazon Prime to, to do free subscriptions other people have paid uh, subscriptions as well um, Chris one of my personal friends used one of uses Prime subscription to get one of the first badges as well all that good stuff um, so it's been it's been really uh, awesome to get the support over there so far. And, you know, I appreciate y'all for helping over there. Just trying to get over that, over that, over this hump of trying to get over that 1,000. I think once we hit the 1,000, maybe that'll break the seal and we'll get, we'll, we'll start, maybe start the the dam, break the dam, start the water flowing, whatever euphemism or cliche we want to use to get that ball rolling. Um, do the caller ready? I guess we'll take the caller in a second. Uh, we'll do it now before we get to uh, before we get to the headlines, just to give a couple more people time to uh, get on into the room, so we can get the uh, get the uh, headlines done in a little bit. What's going on?
1: Hey, it's Khalil.
0: Hey, what's up, Khalil? I figured it was you. What's going on?
1: Uh, nothing much. Um, one of the things I met, I met a, a criminal investigator that. Investigates like political and war crimes across mm-hmm. the across the country or across the um, planet. And um, I was told that. Do you know that a, a criminal investigator is a police officer that investigates crimes and in they're armed with like they're sworn in with a um, pair of handcuffs and a gun and stuff like that. Did you know that?
2: Mm-mm.
0: Cause no. Because criminal no.
1: investigators are. Oh, also a detective and it's also a special agent is one of those. Okay. And uh, basically they were, they told me that they investigate different types of hate crimes and war crimes and stuff like that. Okay. I'm not going to say who they are, or where they're from, but they were very nice. And that's what they told me. They investigate all that type of stuff.
0: So it's like an international one, like somebody who might work, let's hypothetically, like somebody who might work like for the Hague or something or or something like that or the The hague like the international the the hague is the is the is the big international like crime court where like you might send like international war war criminals like if someone ever arrested putin and brought him in like that's where he would go yeah okay
1: either that or federal but they told me um but i found out that a criminal investigator also like is is a special type of police officer it's not just a it's a police officer that investigates crimes, either locally, local police detective or federal or international agent.
0: Very cool. So have you been? How have you been the last few weeks, Khalil? You've been doing Up and all right? down,
1: most of the time. Yeah. Most that's
0: of the time I've hear. been pretty
1: good. Yeah.
0: That's, that's good to hear. So do, yeah. do you have a podcast on blog talk radio too, or you just listen?
1: I'm just listen.
0: I just listen. Okay. So I just, want, just wanted to see just, you know, because if you had one, I was going to let you have a plug too. So, you know, hey. but it's very awesome to hear from you. I'm, I'm glad you do. I'm glad you do um, call in all the time. I appreciate you a lot. Um, you're one of the good contributors and uh, thank you so much and you have a good rest of your day.
1: You too. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right. Khalil, everyone. Khalil's on one of my regular callers. Appreciate Khalil calling in, uh, contributing to this show. All right. I think we got, do need to get a couple of things out of the way before the bottom half of the hour when Tara does uh, call in. So first things first, we are going to get to this week's headlines. Donald John Trump and a group of 18 cohorts have been indicted on Georgia RICO statues for their activities involving their attempts to allegedly overturn the results of the Georgia election in 2020. The 41 count 98-page indictment states that the enterprise constituted an ongoing organization, whose members and associates functioned as a continuing unit for a common purpose of achieving the objectives of the enterprise. The bringing of RICO charges also has me going, RICO, suave, for the last couple of days, which I'm sure has annoyed my life immensely. Former president twice impeached and quadruply indicted Trump has until next Friday to voluntarily turn himself in. Mugshots will be taken, the trial can be televised, Kemp cannot pardon him, and if he goes to prison, this could create quite the constitutional crisis, and as we've discussed on the show before, maybe it's time for the GOP to back another horse instead of riding this horse's ass. On Monday, the Biden administration started emailing student loan borrowers who qualified for student loan forgiveness that their loans have been forgiven. They said that the reason the loans had not been forgiven was for so-called administrative failures. When they say administrative failures, what they probably mean is Betsy DeVos refused to do her damn job and failed to cancel many student loans under the public Student Loan, Public service student loan forgiveness program. Some of these plans also are under the income-driven repayment plans that cancel debt after 20 years of repayments uh, that have been made. 200,000 people have already had their debt canceled, and another 400,000 or more or so will have their debt canceled in the near future others will have their repayments terms significantly reduced because of servicers wrongly guiding people into forbearance and lastly nfl player michael ower subject of the movie the blind side is now stating that the movie rip, misrepresented the truth and that he was not adopted as the movie suggested but was placed in a conservatorship and that under their conservatorship the family secured the rights to the movie He also claims that he has not received any compensation for the proceeds of the movie. I guess you could say that he was blindsided. And that was this week's headlines. So, um, yeah, so there you go. A little short headline uh, bit this week. But uh, hey, Silly Walker, thank you for joining us as well. Appreciate you. Um, what do we got? Let's see. We do have interesting thing. We I had a, a I was going to do. I was talking on the Twitch stream last night when I was gaming. How uh, between the hour between the time of like 7:30 a.m. and 8 a.m. my time the ringside show that I listened with Jeff Carrere uh, had, he had a plethora of just great examples to put in words of redneck wisdom. And I was, I was going to have a, a hard time picking one. And I was probably going to do a, a montage, if you will, of just many examples of words of redneck wisdom, just one right after another. And it was going to be glorious, just a glorious example of, of just so many just amazing, amazingly rednecky things that were being said on his show. And it's almost like Jeff knew what I was going to do because when I went to go download the podcast last night to go make words of redneck wisdom, well, the first hour wasn't part of the downloadable file. So I was not able to get any of them. Fortunately, there was one last one that I was ready to get, get uh, from yesterday's show, and I uploaded it to the Patreon. And if you're a patron of Liberal Day and Radio, you get to get access to the bits early. So uh, people who are patrons like Jolie, Deminox, Aaron, Robert, Wes, etc. cetera. Um, what's up Seha, thank you. Um, so when you... Um, when you're out when you have the patron when you are a patron of liberal dan radio you get some of the bits early you did get to hear this one but uh the guy that who is the uh, words of redneck wisdom dude this week uh is somebody that i've done before uh, this guy likes to call in and just ramble 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 about stuff and um this one was great simply because of the fact that if, if you're if, if you're in New Orleans, you absolutely know the Stand Up and Get Crunk song by the Ying Yang Twins. Maybe outside of New Orleans, you know it, too. However, he's uh, he instead changed the lyrics to Stand Up and, and Protect Trump and did it very poorly. And it, it's quite amusing and it's a little rambly. And I really don't know if you're going to understand half of it because I didn't understand half of it when I heard it on the radio either. Um, but anyway... This is this week's Words of Redneck Wisdom. And now, Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. I am greatly blessed, and it's time to protect our blessings, especially
1: Donald Trump. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Okay, 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 okay. Stand up and protect Trump. Okay, 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 okay. Stand up and protect Trump one more time. Okay, okay, okay. Stand up and protect Trump. Jack the Ripper Smith, the Deep Department of Judas, the Deep State Snake Eyes, State Satanists, and the Cocaine Madness White House is trying to murder our real President Donald Trump. Yes, brothers and sisters, they, the enemy, is trying to give Donald Trump the Jerry Epstein treatment. That's right. They don't want to smother him. They want to murder him. They want to shut him up. Now is the time to eliminate, defund, dismantle, and dismiss the deep state Nazi assassination suicide squad from hell. Wake up. Stand up. Rise up, laws America. Give a lot of money to Donald Trump and protect your family,
0: friends, and businesses, and especially Donald Trump. Amen. And this concludes Words of Redneck Wisdom, brought to you by Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Crack is a hell of a drug, or cocaine is a hell of a What is it that um he said on Chappelle's Joe is that cocaine is a hell of a drug? I, I don't know if it's cocaine or crack or what, but holy crap. That guy is just, he is something special, that's for sure. Woo-wee. Hey, Elizabeth, what's going on? Good to see you. Um, And, uh, wow, yeah. But then here's the thing. When he he comes in and, and I produce the words of Redneck Wisdom for this week for with him, but then today this morning as I'm coming back from dropping my puppy off at the puppy daycare because see we didn't I usually don't I usually have no need to bring my dog to doggy daycare simply because of the fact that my dog you know we both work from home so there's no need but I got a message from the owner saying that. The staff missed my dog so much that they that they were off. They were willing to pay my the fees for her to come for the day, so that they could hang out with her and play with her. So I brought my dog to doggy daycare so that the staff could play with my dog. <laughs> and literally, when I got there, but <clears throat> one of the staff members came running out to come see my dog, Blanche. So that's how much they love my puppy. It's cute. It's very sweet. It's it's sweet how much they love my dog. So hey Shannon, what's going on? Appreciate you for showing up. Um, we do have Tara Dublin here today, so hopefully a bunch of people will come in and, and support Tara as well as coming and support me. Um, and so, um, while on my way home uh, for after dropping off the pups at doggy daycare, uh, I had. Somebody else who would have this would have made a perfect words of redneck wisdom. Um, and I was I actually called in and I was going to call it and respond to this dude. But then once by the time it got by the time it got to me to actually talk on the radio or later on in the day, the person who was actually the guest on the radio had also called me out. So I had to respond to that dude. So I have to respond to this dude some other day. Here's what this dude had to say. I'm, I'm very. I'm getting very popular, I guess, on on Jeff's show. Uh,
3: yesterday, uh, I've heard him a few times. Uh, liberal Dan. Yes. I wonder what. I wonder what if the tables was turned and he was. Uh, his name was conservative Dan. I wonder if Malley would have caught fire while Donald Trump was president, and he ran from the press at every moment he was asked a question and said no comment you know uh I wonder if conservative band would be on board with that. I wonder if can if trump uh was falling over sandbags stumbling up uh steps and uh mumbling and bumbling all over the place and and sniffing kids and stuff. I wonder what conservative band would I wonder if he'd be okay with that. I wonder if, uh, uh I just wonder what conservative Ben would think about that, In uh uh, what would say about it. Would he, yeah. would he uphold it? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I well, said there would be no difference. I said there would be no difference in conservative Ben and liberal Ben because, uh, Whichever side you're on, you're gonna uphold them in the wrong if you're a, you know, a hypocrite. You know, that's just my point of view on that.
0: Anyway, if I was conservative, Dan, and and, well, we had a we had a show one time that I was like the liberal Dan multiverse, where we were discussing what might happen in the liberal Dan multiverse. What would have happened if this happened? Like, what would have happened if? Uh, Al Gore had won the presidential election in 2020, or, or if the Supreme Court had upheld Al Gore's victory in 2020, I should say, uh, what would have happened if this certain thing would have happened, or, or if, if Bush would have read the intel and reacted to the intel that Al Qaeda was going to strike, or what have you? Um, it was also it was a fun episode, but what? What what imagine what one of the examples of liberal Dan Radio multiverse might have been? What would have happened if it was conservative damn Radio talk from the right? That's that's right, or something like that. And I wonder what it might have been like if it would have been like I could have been like, oh, this is the liberal, this is the conservative Dan Radio talk from the right. That's right, and this is your host Dan Zimmerman coming at you from uh, Podunk po dunk hills of Alabama or something, and we're gonna be talking about you know, all this stuff. But, well, see, here's the thing. If I was going to be talking about maybe Trump and if Trump were president and Trump are doing, I'm, I might have to then, would I support Donald Trump still if he was a hoo-ha grabbing, cheating on his wife? Or would I be a, a legitimate conservative who who didn't lose his way would I, would I reject Donald Trump because he's not a real conservative after all? Because, after, you know, conservatives, when they make an allegation, it's typically a confession. And when they start, you know, talking about Biden and him sniffing girls and whatever, you know, they conveniently ignore the fact that Trump admits to grabbing people by the hoo ha. They typically ignore uh, Trump's many, alla- Trump's fact that he was found, you know, civilly liable for sexually abusing somebody. They ignore his multiple affairs that he has committed over the course of his marriages. You know that he doesn't uphold the sanctity of marriage yet they're willing to bend over backwards and sometimes forwards for this guy who is not a conservative at all but the conservatives love him because that's just who they want to be like because that's because conservative as as the host the most famous with the smooth podcast says hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite Anywho, let's say how yeah. That's a word salad. I brought my dog. I brought my doggy. No, I brought my dog to doggy daycare because people love my dog. That's what I I meant to say. Say I don't know if that's if I, maybe I missed a word. I don't know. I do want to talk about one additional thing uh, before we do get to uh, Tara at the bottom of half of the hour. Um. So. I'm a nerd. NerdyDan.com is my other persona. YouTube.com slash NerdyDan.com is one of my other uh, personas. And I do stream gaming. And I, I do in-person gaming as well. And there is a local gaming store called Plus One Gaming. And it's owned by people that I know. And I've gamed there many, many times. And I, you know, I love the owners. They're great people. They've made it a very good, safe, inclusive space for all people. You know, they they are, you know, they are very open and and about the fact that they they want to make sure that people feel safe and and they're not going to let people be in there who make people not be safe. Well, uh, something came up and they got a one star review the other day and, and you know, and this this is how the one star review went in place. Let me switch the scenes for a second. This is this dude, and it's a public review, so I've no problem sharing the names or whatever. Uh, the staff employees at Plus One Gaming have zero respect or integrity where customers are concerned. Uh, that's a lie. I know them personally. That's a lie. I was told to leave a gaming session simply because one, I engaged a cashier in simple and friendly conversation that then respectfully inquired if she knew any women who were single. Uh, And two, the father of a girl I started talking to made a false accusation against me just so I would be kicked out and couldn't talk to his adult daughter. Was it a girl or was it an adult daughter? Who, I might add, was very receptive and interested in me. Was she now? I wasn't... uh, even given an open ear to hear what I had to say on the matter. If the basis of someone getting banned from the store is just he said, she said, no one at plus one gaming has any ethics whatsoever and their customer service is in extreme need of remodeling. I demand my $10 back from the gaming session. I wasn't even allowed to finish. Seemingly, some or all of the staff were antisocial slash sociopaths and trying to network friends or more is taboo or makes them uncomfortable as one person alleged. Uh, if you're trying to meet people or your quote, player two. I would definitely avoid this store at all costs. Um, trying to find your player two whilst... I mean, if you're gaming, I mean, if I'm involved, if I'm playing a game, I'm typically not worried about trying to find my player too. Um, So this is is the response from the owner now, Plus One Gaming owner. Hi, Kenny. This is Jeremiah, the owner. I, I pride myself on Plus One Gaming being a welcoming space, which includes ensuring customers mind certain behavior boundaries, such as not making inappropriate advances on staff or other customers. You were warned about this after hitting on one of my staff shortly after creeped on another customer after which you were banned. I am proud of my staff for speaking with you and taking action when you failed to listen to ensure the safety and enjoyment of everyone else present. Thank you for leaving this review so others can see how we work hard to keep our space comfortable and inviting in particular for women. Socializing and especially dating can be hard. I get it. But that isn't licensed to hit on every person you're vaguely attracted to in a public space. Dial in the thirst at your future game stores and make some friends. If you get a warning about your behavior, ask how to improve rather than plowing ahead and getting mad about the consequences. See, and this is why why, why am I bringing this up? Why is this relevant? Well, I have recently created the first video in several videos I intend on making about the whole MGTOW, men going their own way, men's rights activists, in cell, so-called alpha male, internet manosphere-type thing, and be, especially because a lot of those videos, for some reason, have found their way onto my suggested videos on YouTube, um, and that toxic atmosphere that these type of dudes and the women who are apologists for them create uh, helps create the level of entitlement that this guy in a vacuum has, and that's why it needs to be compared. That's why, that's why we need to have these discussions. That that's why we need to stand up against these types of people and this type of behavior, because this guy felt entitled to, to just go up and just bother people. And he didn't see any problem with what he was doing in a vacuum. In a vacuum, he had no problem, so no problem, and took no issue. It was like he felt entitled that he should be able to go up and and talk to him with whomever he wanted, however he wanted. Now, one of the other people involved, the, the employee, and I'm not sharing the employee's post on a, you know, on, on the public facing plus one gaming page. But his bad behavior went beyond that. He previously had flirted with her on another day, and she had said no, and then. She tried to play it off the next time, like, I don't remember you or whatever, and just refused to, you know, and it, he just insisted on being just a horrible person and just insisted on making, uh, you know, making his advances on and on and on and on and on and, on and so forth. So this dude, in and of itself, in a, and I keep saying it in a vacuum for a particular reason. Why am I saying it in a vacuum for a particular reason? He shouldn't have been there in the first place. Why? Home dude's a sex offender. Home dude is a registered sex offender. This is what he looks like. Uh, Indecent behavior with juveniles, uh, date convicted, August 1st, 2022. Uh, uh, Indecent behavior with juveniles, date convicted, May 11th, 2010. Um Uh, sex of any sex uh, offense statute any sex offender convicted of a sex offense where a victim was under the age of 13 cannot physically be present in or a public library property nor loiter within a thousand feet of a public library property um, and then also indecent behavior with juveniles so not only was this guy an entitled douchebag prick uh, that felt that he was entitled to talk to any women that he that he felt like he had the need to talk to the problem the girl whose father had to basically step up and say something was probably underage. I would, I would guess, I can't say for certain because I wasn't there, but if the father had to step up and say something, you, you wonder, and he shouldn't have been there in the first place. And we'll keep track of the story because apparently law enforcement has been notified. Um, and so there'll they'll be a part two to some point later, but, this is just disgusting and horrible, and these, these, these are the deplorables. Uh, these, are, these are the deplorable type people. And there were dudes that were coming on that page to defend this guy because they felt that he should, you know, some reason be given the benefit of the doubt. No. Dude's a sex offender. No benefit of the doubt for you, homie. Stay away from kids. Stay away from places the kids hang out. You don't get to have the benefit of the doubt. Just grow up, get a life. It's terrible. Bye-bye. Anyway. So now it is the bottom half of the hour. Without further ado, we are go happy to finally bring on, because last week there was horrible construction, Tara Dublin. I'm assuming this is you, Tara. Hi, how are you? I am doing excellent. Um, how are you doing today?
4: Well, it's only 100 degrees in Portland, so it's just, you know, and we're having a normal week here. No, we're not um (laughs) i mean look i'm in new
0: orleans and and we're always we're hot for a very long time i can't imagine portland being 100 i mean i've never been to portland i've been to seattle i mean i can't imagine up there being 100 that must be ridiculously horrible
4: it's really it's i mean i'm fortunate enough to be in an apartment that has an air conditioning unit not Mm -hmm. central air but at least an air conditioning unit most people in the pacific northwest Still don't have air conditioning because you know up until a couple of years ago you really didn't need it. Need it? There were only a couple of days in the summer where it was like ridiculous, and if you you can survive it. But as someone who moved out here from the East Coast, I will never live without air conditioning. Like I just know way too much. And even though it's not humid here, like it is New Orleans, like it is back east where I live, hot is hot, and right. I don't like it. I'm I'm a middle-aged woman. I can't regulate my body temperature as it is, so I don't need any additional stress on that from the outside world. Now, I will say, like, I feel, because I'm Jewish, I feel guilty every time I turn on my air conditioning because I know it's so bad for the environment, but there's this point where you're like, but I'm hot, and so... Like, I wait. I literally wait. It has to be over 80 degrees in my apartment before I'll even be like, okay, fine, I'll turn it on for a little bit. So, and even then, I only turn it down to, like, 76. Right. And then I'm just like, you know. So, like, I do what I can, and I'm a small person, so I like to think that I'm not leaving a huge carbon footprint. But there, are, there's this point where, you know, if you have the accessibility to air, air conditioning, you should absolutely take it. You know, there's right. just a point. Where it becomes inhumane, like this week we had the hottest day on record here in Portland. It got to be 108 degrees. I mean, the hottest day for August, right? Because you know, we did have that. We had that heat dome a couple of years ago. We're like old Jewish people. We're literally talking about the weather. Oh my god. Okay. Well, <laughs> yes. Anyway, and I'm Jewish too,
0: but what, so we're both two. We're right, two know, Jews talking I know, about I the weather. That's why I said this that. is this is just so, a this is just a stereotype. We're, we're, we're reinforcing stereotypes. Now we're gonna start talking about matzah ball soup and. Uh,
4: well, we could do that. You know, we could talk about Bradley Cooper's nose if you want to, cause people well, that to was hate. the
0: next thing on my notes with with Jew trending really? on Twitter. Yes, that was my next oh, thing my on my gosh. notes. Yes.
4: So, like, okay, so first of all, just being Jew face, you're like, okay, that's great. Then you realize right. that people are are using it because they're talking about Bradley Cooper doing Jew face as an actor might do blackface. And so I want to tread so carefully here because we should never, ever appropriate a black person's lived experience. But as a Jewish person, I can tell you, I can spot anti-Semitism when I see it. I can also tell you that if something gives me a visceral physical reaction when I see it, it's not a good thing. And so here's this Bradley Cooper movie. And if you've seen Bradley Cooper... He doesn't have a small nose, but no one Mm -hmm. would be like, Hey, look at that guy. He's Jewish. Well, for, for whatever reason, no one looks at him and sees someone who is, you know, of the Ashkenazis or he's not a tribe. No, clearly. And it, and it turns out, here's what makes me mad. Like I've been, I read about it a little bit before it came out and I was just like, well, there's a movie I'm never seeing. So, (laughs) but that, and I have a real problem with it because the executive producers are Martin Scorsese and Steven Spielberg. Okay, so Steven Spielberg, major Jew, Schindler's List, yada yada yada. But then he makes his his Fableman's movie, and like, not that many people in that movie are Jewish, mm-hmm. which is weird. And he casts like an ultimate shiksa as his mother, which I was just like, what's going on with you, Steven Spielberg? And that he would be okay with something like this. So I would contend that Bradley Cooper is a good enough actor with a chiseled enough facial features that I would have believed him as Leonard Bernstein without any, without any additional prosthetics. That would be, you know, if he had done nothing to his nose, I'd be like, sure. he looks like Leonard Bernstein. You sweep his hair back. You, Give him a couple of cigarettes. He's got the blue eyes. He played, and sure. there's a, an actress, actor in London who's Jewish, and she said, you know, he played the elephant man without prosthetics, and nobody had a problem with that, and the elephant man was a real person, because some people are saying, oh, he's just trying to really look like Leonard Bernstein, but he doesn't. That nose that he's wearing, if you see it from the side, it's like, dude, seriously? Like, everybody approved that? Nobody flagged that? Not Spielberg, not someone in the makeup trailer, not certainly not Bradley Cooper. Nobody, nobody at any point went. You know, it's a little, it's a little Cyrano de Bergerac for me. It's a little much. I, that is
0: the first like, thing that I thought. Uh, that's the first thing I thought when I saw the nose. Is oh, it, is, is it Cyrano? Like, come on. Some
4: like, people were like, uh, did they make Rock Sam? Like Steve Martin did a fine <laughs> enough job with that movie.
0: Yeah. Now, no, now apparently the family, like, I think Leonard Bernstein's family. Now, every time I, I say I want to say Leonard Bernstein, I want to say it like End of the World as we like know R. it, R. like M. Michael Stipe. <laughs> yeah, like, like, yeah. Leonard like,
2: Bernstein.
0: Right. Um, yes. But, yeah. But apparently the family doesn't have an issue with it. Not necessarily saying that the family gets to dictate what Jews get to say. But, yeah. but No, and he's uh,
4: not here to say anything about it. And you
0: Right. Sure, I mean. I,
4: we, we, we got paid all of this money and now this movie is out. We better say something good about this project because we worked on That they worked right. on it with them is troubling. That they would have allowed that kind of portrayal of their father, I think. It's a Shonda. I'm sorry. Why didn't they just go with Jake Gyllenhaal? Like, apparently Jake Gyllenhaal tried to develop a Leonard Bernstein project for a decade. He was, like, very passionate about it. It was something he was, desperate to make for himself. He is Don't Jewish. you know how
0: hard it is to find Jew- a Jewish person in Hollywood?
4: I mean, I guess him, but... it's just really <laughs> hard.
0: I'm... very difficult to they... find a Jewish person in Hollywood.
4: Like, can they can they figure uh, out wait, wait. how to Shout do out, shout out. On out on wait, wait. I, I got to
0: give a shout out to Deminox, my first Patreon. He goes the racial stereo was a little too too much on the nose.
4: Right. <laughs> I've been calling Sorry. it we we should call it Nosegate instead of Jewish because Nosegate.
0: Yes, Nosegate. We
4: call it nose-gate. Because, we again, he doesn't need the prosthetic. And um, it's just, I forget what my point was going to be. I was going to, oh, Jake Hall. Right. So, like, I wish they could figure out what they want their anti-Semitism to be. Because first, it's the Jews run everything. Right. So, if the, Jew, if the Jews run everything, then how come Jake Gyllenhaal isn't starring in this movie? How come everybody in this movie isn't Jewish? How come everybody in the world isn't? How come everybody in Hollywood isn't Jewish? How come I don't have a book and film deal? If we run right. all of the things, Dan, how come I'm not – how come I don't – I'm worrying about paying my September rent. If, if the Jews road. run
0: media, I should have more than 600 followers, subscribers on YouTube.
4: <laughs> I mean, all of these things. There's no, There's nothing that they can say to make sense. So on the one hand, we run everything. But on the right. other hand, on the other hand, we have to cast – we have to cast the Goyim to play us. A what? Right. I don't what? Figured your shit out? Will you please? There are plenty of Jewish actors. Was Adrian Brody not available? I know Jake Gyllenhaal would have been. There are plenty of Jewish actors in Hollywood. Hey, I don't know, find an unknown. And if Bradley, I mean, Cooper they were planning on doing a lot of
0: the filming on the Sabbath, so they needed the a Shabbos Goy.
4: i, mean, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, I just mean it's like Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt is one of us. Could have played that part. Maybe he's a little young, but you could have put some makeup on him and he can sing, he can dance, he's very musical. So, like, I don't even know. What I do know is that Bradley Cooper thinks he's a better actor than he actually is. Um, I was bored to tears by a star is born. I'm so sorry to say that. I mean, Gaga is magnificent and I like the song Shallow. But that movie was boring and far too long. And there's a, I mean, I think there's a point where these things become proper vanity projects for these people because, right. you know, they buy into all of the smoke blowing up their butts and they feel like they're untouchable and they feel like they can get away with anything. And again, no, a Jewish person doesn't have to be played by a Jewish person like Helen Mirren is basically unrecognizable under a ton of prosthetic makeup to play Golda Meir. So, have there's you, not have you seen The,
0: the Hunters? No, the hunters. Uh, when was it? Um, what's his face? Plays um. Al Pacino, is it Al Pacino? Plays um. Well, I don't want to spoil it. Um,
4: <laughs> I mean, I, I'm okay with. Al Pacino you,
0: plays 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 a Jewish character as 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 you're led to believe. Um, okay. But yes. But, I mean, like, but like, he like, does does a good like job that. playing a Jewish character, and so he's because he's well, a good actor. I, I and I there would. you go.
4: Right. And as as a Jewish actor could play an Italian very well right. because the ethnicities are very close. Those are communities that grew up together in a lot of places. And there's a lot of crossover in the behavior between the Jewish community, the Italian community. But, and again, I am not, I'm not saying that only Jewish people can play a Jewish character, a Jewish act. Like as long as that doesn't cross the line into parody or caricature, or right. anti-Semitism, and this is a very, almost, <clears throat> I think they tried to very quietly mainstream something by trying to get away with it, by saying, that's what Leonard Bernstein looked like, oh, but his kids, oh, but it's so, <laughs> right. so, Bradley Cooper's nose is fine. And the photos that I have seen from the stills alone, like the, like the profiles, it's just, it's it's exaggerated and it almost yeah. looks like a Disney, a Disney villain nose or something. It's so sharp and pointy and exaggerated. Like it's literally missing a slight hook. But other than that, like, I mean, somebody designed that prosthetic. Somebody said that looks great. Somebody green lit it. So everybody treated it like it was a normal, fine thing. And that is the biggest problem with it because so many people are looking at it. I have a problem with it. And Jewish people, some Jewish people are even saying, they're, he's playing a real person. He's trying to look as much as like him as possible. I don't have a problem with it, but that's the problem with it. Anything that plays into a common trope, oh, Jews have big noses because we have to right. stamp out all the money. <laughs> well, it it, al- it almost
0: it, it, it almost looks like those caricature, cartoony Shylock type things that the anti-Semites it, like to it share.
2: Really yeah, it really and like really the, does.
0: But and it also kind <laughs> of like when 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 you when you were, I hadn't seen that Jew faces trending. I I only saw that Jew faces trending via you uh, when you would said uh-huh. something about it. But like,
4: uh-huh.
0: but w- whenever I see anything like oh, Judaism is trending, Jews are trending, uh, I'm, I just I'm never, just like never, good. Ugh. never good. I'm always just like ugh because I just what now like what what what's happening now because it's it, right when, one it, yeah. one time out of ten it's like oh okay good. Like and then the other time like, it's, it's like, really almost like
4: never, though it's never it's never like who we got something we 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 got something under in under the wire no, and what's interesting is that people jump jump me before they realize I'm Jewish because I have the most Irish name in the entire world but I'm not <laughs> Irish at all so I'm Jewish, I'm Jewish on both sides all the way back. I am Ashkenazi, I am a hundred percent Ashkenazi, I've had the genetic testing so and i'm fifty four so I'm just waiting to get whatever kind of cancer because we have, <laughs> we have the highest incidence, right? I mean, the highest incidence right. of cancer and anybody on the planet. We don't have it hard enough that we need to have all of this bullshit in the media. And it's subtle, right? So the people don't see how much of a microaggression it actually is so that you can mainstream it and he can get nominated for an Oscar for putting on a false nose. And it's just like, come on, when, when do we finally say, you know what, that's not okay? It's not a good And people don't trust and us. And people like, don't trust us. Just chill. It's not a big deal. Really? It's not a big deal to you because maybe you haven't been marginalized for centuries. Right. Maybe you haven't been dragged on Twitter every single day and called a kike and all kinds of terrible things. We can, can we swear on this podcast? Yeah,
0: It's, it's fine. <laughs> okay, I, I put the warning right up on. there where I said you you know uh-huh. I put that you're a sweary I'm dem, Jersey so anybody, everybody should know, so yeah,
4: no Jersey girl little. I've got that pretty good so far, but I mean, when it comes to the way I get trolled by Trumpers, as soon as they find out i'm I'm Jewish, it's like that you could see them like almost like licking their lips because there's right. that's something else. I fill out a MAGA bingo card really well because I'm single i'm I'm a Democrat, I'm a woman. Um, I live in Portland. I have cats, and I'm Jewish. So, like, they just—they really don't know which thing to go after first. And right. it can be all—it can be all of it. Some of them are that creative. So, because see, I have I
0: see, I, more, I see, I'm I'm overweight, so I get the overweight thing, and I get the Jewish thing, and I get well, course, thing, And, I, get, right. and I also do half of my TikToks in front of these uh, purple and pink curtains that I got from my wife, and they love. Uh-huh they love either thinking that either they either assume I think something about my sexuality or, right. um, or they, uh, I mean, I'm pansexual, but I mean, that's here nor there, but, or they assume, right. or they assume that I live with my mother. And I'm like, yeah, no.
4: Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's just projection, isn't it? Yeah, it and is. Then, clearly. Uh,
0: and then I, I say mean, projection I, and then they're, they don't know what it means.
4: Of course they know. Cause they're so fucking stupid. Um, The thing is that something that you come to learn is how bullies operate and what motivates a bully and why they do what they do. And if you can understand the psychology behind somebody's behavior, it makes it super easy to deal with them. Not maybe when you're in grade school and you're sitting by yourself crying at your desk and everyone's making fun of you. But when we're talking about dealing with Trumpers and they, they, be so brave these keyboard warriors right they can hide behind elon's blue check and pay him eight dollars with their mom's credit card and they can say all kinds of things 99 percent of the time they're not going to ever do anything because they let the intimidation do most of the heavy lifting for them bullies are just the saddest people yep. because there's something fundamentally broken inside of them They are victims of their own abuse, probably from their parents um, or an older sibling or something. There's something going on that is broken and unhealthy inside of their homes, which is why they turn it around on someone they perceive as smaller, weaker, easier, a target because piling their shit onto someone else will make them feel better about their shitty life. And that's pretty much textbook bully behavior. And that's Donald Trump in a nutshell. He's a sad, small, narcissistic bully whose parents never loved him or taught him to accept loss. He has had to pay for friendship and sex, and everything else throughout his life, and he. It complices- is what it is.
2: There it is. So, and <laughs> it is I mean, what it is.
4: He allowed himself to become compromised by Vladimir Putin because, and this is something people completely forget about. Donald Trump met Vladimir Putin in the late 1980s and helped him gain a footing in, in New York City and acted as sort of like a human bridge to bring in the whole Russian mafia into New York. And then once the Russian mafia had that foothold, Putin was like, but you're a useful idiot. What can I do with you now? Oh, let's run you for president in a few years. First, I need right. to groom you, though. You're a little rough around the edges because of the celebrity apprentice bullshit you're doing and everything else. Let's start grooming you. So here we, and then it took him about a decade after that, and that's how Donald Trump became the candidate in 2016. And it makes me sound like my own kind of paranoid conspiracy theorist, but it's true, and it's been well-documented, their relationship throughout the years, and that he was, as the candidate, sat on Russian television and said that Vladimir Putin was a stronger leader than Barack Obama. And from that moment on, I was like, oh, holy fuck, we're in humongous more trouble than I even thought we were, because... Aside from the fact that he had become the candidate for the GOP, I then fully understood that there was nothing that was going to stop Vladimir Putin from stealing that election. And he did it. I mean, we were robbed. We were literally literally robbed of having Hillary Clinton as our rightful 45th president. And whatever they thought they were going to get away with in 2020, they must have gotten away with some of it in 2016. Right. That's my theory. I can prove none of this. That is my theory because – they were a little too complacent in 2020. They were a little too overconfident. I don't think they tried very hard because they, I think they thought they had it in the bag, and they didn't. So – and now my, here we are. Yeah, my, my
0: conspiracy theory is that I think they knew that they weren't going to win in 2020, um, which is one of the reasons that when Trump made, the, Trump made a deal with Putin – and Russia and OPEC Plus for uh, mm-hmm. to to reduce output of oil um, because when oil went it, what, the oil um, output was was regular and then the demand went in the tank because of COVID and then so we, in order to try and save the the U S oil industry he he made a deal on restricting the oil but instead of doing it like just temporarily he he did it all the way into 2022. Like the deal lasted into in April of 2022. Now, why would he restrict oil output all the way to 2022? You know, if unless he knew that he was not going to be president then, because he knew that at that point we would be coming out of lockdowns, and then that would hurt Biden because demand would skyrocket and then prices would go insane.
4: That's uh, he's my not conspiracy that theory. To have that kind of foresight, I I think he takes the deal <laughs> that's in front of him when it's in front of him because he doesn't know when he's going to get another one. That's one possibility. He's such an idiot because honestly, like at all of the awful things about COVID and everything that we went through because of him. He's such an idiot and surrounded by a legion of idiots because essentially COVID was a guaranteed reelection on a silver platter if he had handled it correctly. Oh, As yeah. He had said to, right? And so we yeah. find out from Bob Woodward months later that from new or a year later, whatever it was. Trump knew how bad COVID was, he knew how deadly it was, and then he went to the public and lied. He oh, it's going to disappear. Everyone's going to be fine. Now, if he had stepped up and said, all right, well, it doesn't make me happy to say this. I'm sorry I have to say this, but we're going to have to do this. And if you do this, then we're going to mask up and we're going to get this stuff and we're going to save everybody. We need to save everybody. Because that's, like, like he says, in, like Bill Murray says in Ghostbusters, you're going to save the lives of millions of registered voters. <laughs> and instead... They killed millions yes. of registered voters. And his, strange wa- and his his vote voters, five to one,
0: five to one.
4: And the same ones, they don't want to have health care or bodily autonomy or public education. So what, how does it benefit the Republican Party to have an overpopulated, undereducated population? Oh, because then there'll be a complacent army of stupid white people who will help you push out all of the other people that you hate. So that's all, all of that was part of their, you know, their grand wizard plan, but it all fell apart because there's still smart, honest, good people working behind the scenes who are like, this seems wrong and this seems wrong. And I'm going to say something and thank God for that because otherwise, Jesus. And today we find out that Arizona is going to step up and there's going to be a fifth indictment against him. How many, how many more do people need Dan? I want to know. I want to know what the number is because it keeps getting bigger. And people are like, "What? No, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with foreign diamonds. I'll vote for him if he's in prison." What is wrong? Oh. I mean, I get. I get it's a cult. I get. You know, I, I've lived with this long enough. Seriously, though, like there needs to be a thirty. I think there's a good
0: thirty percent of of the voters who I think are just going to dig in. They'll never admit they were wrong. They'll never admit they made a mistake, and they're gonna they're gonna dig in, and they're gonna just. Vote with him regardless, and they'll he'll be sitting in prison in an orange jumpsuit. Orange jumpsuit, and they'll be like, "I'm voting for him because you know." they write it's him all... in. He won't. They don't even
4: denied. have to write
0: him in. They don't even have. They don't even have to write him in. They could. I mean. I mean. Unless. I mean. Because he can still win the primary. I mean. Because oh even thirty percent of the yeah. voters is is over fifty percent of the Republican primary. He,
2: so
4: he his, could... every, every, all of his trials are scheduled, like, right before something major happens. Like, the Eugene trial starts on the day of the Iowa primary. Right. And then there's another one that's scheduled on another caucus. And it's just like, every, this all just needs to stop. Like, somebody at the FEC needs to look up and go, perhaps it's time to change some rules. Perhaps a person who has been federally indicted, I think just once, I don't think you have to get to four, but I mean, I think just one federal indictment to disqualify anybody from running for any public office, whether it's school board, dog catcher, or president, you shouldn't be allowed if you have a criminal record like that. And I'm not, I don't care about second chances. That's, that's crazy. There are convicts who are not allowed to vote. There are former convicts who are not allowed to vote before every, not every, but there is a certain subset who aren't allowed to vote. So if, until everybody is allowed to vote, then nobody who has been, you know, charged. I, I, you don't I don't think you even need to have a conviction. You are charged, at even. And he's gonna on one of these. I mean, he's already been held liable as a rapist in New York. Right. That enough should right. I feel like that should be enough to disqualify from getting to run for office. Someone at the FEC should be like, it's time for who who changes those rules. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I think. A convicted rapist shouldn't be allowed to run for president. Like, is that, is that the bar? Is that where we're at now? Because I, I, I literally, like, let come on. When does for some reason, stop? for
0: some reason, I used to believe, I used to believe wholeheartedly that at some point, like that, I, I was taught that you couldn't be a president if you're a felon. And I, I swear, like, I was taught this at some it time.
4: Seems, that seems like it should be right.
0: And, 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 and then, and then somehow I, I like, and then I looked, I was like, no, it's, it that's wrong. It's like, for some reason, I feel like I might have, maybe I switched universes or something. And maybe I switched from the universe that, where that was true to the universe where that wasn't true or, or somebody time traveled and flipped it somehow. I don't know, but I remember that it used to be the case and that was not, I don't know. It's weird. And no, it shouldn't be the case. It should it should not be the case. And and you know somebody in the chat did bring up the Fourteenth Amendment and how you know if you if you do commit an act of insurrection, you're not to be able, you're not supposed to be able to serve in elected office. Right. But but so you have to least, but 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 you have to be like able to prove the that.
2: All in Congress. So
0: right. But, but, I mean, but you also you have to be able to prove that, and then and then who's right. gonna who's gonna enforce that? The activist conservative Supreme Court that he installed three no. of them. No. Well, I, mean, I mean we
4: have to. We have to impeach the entire conservative side of the Supreme Court at this point. I mean, they all need to go because they're all compromised. So that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. Like probably like Gorsuch is like the when Gorsuch is the least worst, it's just, I mean, the things we know about Clarence Thomas and the things you know about, I just, it's, I'm so angry about so many things when it comes to that. I just want to physically go, you need to go and you need to go. They all need to go. And everybody knows they need to go. And that's what's so frustrating, too. Like the show is just like we know how this season ends already. Let's wrap it up. And right. like Ted Cruz going on TV, whining and crying. This is, a, this is politically timed. When, when are you not talking about politics? When is it not politically right. a politically timed event? And also, Ted, when would you have liked Fonnie Willis to have charged Donald Trump? His, his court calendar is very full. For 2024 she had to get in line like very like, full
0: dance yeah. card he's very popular I mean, in the court in the court set
4: Al, Alvin Bragg in October <laughs> he'll be when once he's done they'll take a little break for Christmas who knows what'll happen in that trial then they come back then there's Eugene then there's Jack and then then there's uh we have Jack Smith we have Georgia we have I mean, it's, we have the Florida documents case. We still have him. He still isn't done. Jackson still isn't done with January 6th. And then there's still Letitia James in New York. And now we have, we also have Arizona. Donald Trump won't have any time to campaign. Literally won't have time because every single day of 2024 is already allotted to being in court or preparing to go to court. Literally. Yep. Up until the election. And it's so, great because I, I've had some people. Like, every, all of
0: them are like, "You shouldn't be going after your political rivals like that." And I'm like, I, and call, I, have, I have a caller that that calls in one time and he made that point. And I was like, "Let me ask you a question." And it was a conservative guy. I was like, mm. "Did you ever sh- say lock her up in 2016?" And he was like, "Yeah." I'm like, <laughs> "Do I have to go? Do I have to go on?" Like, you know, and every, you're all saying, "Well, why isn't Hillary in prison?" Well, wasn't Donald Trump What'd president do? for years? did didn't he? Why why didn't they do anything? Well, because. Because when they, they, they had four years and they didn't lock her up, so clearly she didn't do anything wrong. And if she did do something do wrong, wrong, if she did do something wrong, it was likely only a misdemeanor at that point. And that's why they changed the laws on mishandling of classified documents to make it a felony. And then he mishandled exactly. documents. What kind <laughs> of stupid idiot moron. do you have to be to change the law to make mishandling classified documents a felony and then go ahead and mis- mishandle classified documents?
4: It's almost like he wants to get caught so he can be a martyr for his fan base or something. It's well, just, he,
0: he's, followed, he's followed Hitler's playbook. I mean, he he, yeah. he 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 scapegoated an entire religion when he you know wanted to ban, do a total complete ban on all Muslims entering the country. You know, he's pandered right. to white supremacists and everything like that. Uh, part of Hitler's playbook was that Hitler had to go to jail first. He had to go to prison. So maybe he figures he needs to go to prison in order to follow, follow up on Hitler's playbook. he well, write, might... write, write a book in prison. Call it, call it <laughs> and... <laughs> It'll
2: just
0: and be a coloring book. Good. instead of It'll be a coloring book instead of a, like a
4: coloring book.
0: Yeah.
4: It's just, it's so pathetic watching the remaining people trying to still support him and trying to justify him. that there is a GoFundMe me. Or, I'm sorry, the give, send, go, because that's what the Jesus Freaks use.
2: Give, right.
4: send, go for Jenna Ellis. They've raised thousands of dollars for her legal fees, which is just so ironic because she's the worst fucking lawyer. And, I mean. But then
0: not she turn on him now? Isn't she now, person, isn't Laura Loomer angry at Jenna Ellis? Aren't they fighting probably, now? Yeah, because cause they're, they're all Laura mad at Loomer each other.
4: Probably. Laura Loomer has (laughs) me blocked, so I don't know who she's mad at right now, but I assume they're all mad at each other. I know Laura Loomer and Marjorie are not braiding each other's hair at night at Mar-a-Lago, that's for sure. So Marjorie is in so much trouble, and she knows it. And I think the reason she's like, I don't know, I might run for Senate or I might be Trump's VP, or maybe you're the target of a federal investigation and you're going to be arrested very shortly, which is why you're talking so big. I would love for more people who are still staying at Twitter. I'm not calling it X, but sometimes I call it like EX-Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, cuz I'm clever like that. This it, is an X it, Twitter. It, this, this is Twitter an X is Twitter. no more. It, it has no ceased more. to be. <laughs> it has ceased to be Twitter. It has shuffled off the the Jack Dorsey coil. Um <laughs> I have a tweet that's doing fairly well because every so often I will share the video of Marjorie telling us that she just helped plan January 6th. What was most likely wearing the January 5th DNC, RNC bomber pants and shoes. So she's walking down the steps from the White House and she's like, we're just doing this and we're planning this and Trump and Christian and yeah. And so, and then, when She was on trial in Georgia. She was like, I don't remember why I was there, and I don't remember making that video. And it's like, she's totally doing the shaggy, it wasn't me. It's like, here you are on video. We're planning this. I don't remember. it like, I don't remember. And she fucking got away with that. That's right. surgery. We have you. Here are the receipts. I tweet them to you all the time, but she won't respond to me because she's scared of me, which I love. I love it so much that Marjorie Taylor Greene is scared of me while she yells and. In- begs and demands AOC debate her. She wouldn't talk to me if I was standing right in front of her, because she's so scared of me. She blocked me on her private, on her personal account uh, forever ago. And then she had to unblock me when Midas touch sued her. Do you remember when that happened? Mm -hmm. So when she blocked Midas touch and then they sued her and then she had to unblock everybody that she had blocked and she also had to give them $10,000 and if i remember inc- correctly, they donated the $10,000 to causes that would make Marjorie mad, like, you know, pro-choice and, and, and uh, you know, helping gun, you know, against gun violence and all that stuff that, you know, that gives her a lady boner. So um, <laughs> <laughs> as the, I'm like, I think, I don't know, and I actually haven't, like, challenged anyone, but I don't know if anybody has more MAGA blocks than I do on twitter
0: i mean you, you have a good bit i mean i've seen a lot of your screenshots it is although i do have to say like apparently i know that uh, according to my that one conservative uh listener who is in the chat right now so hey gibson media how hi are doing? um <laughs> apparently marjorie taylor Greene, mpg has listened to at least one episode of uh, liberal day and radio uh so awesome. uh, so i so, so i can say that the liberal day and radio is marjorie taylor green's they probably to Liberal Dan Radio is probably Marjorie Taylor Greene's favorite liberal po-
4: favorite liberal podcast. That is a huge selling point for you, and you should put that on all of your marketing materials. And if she <laughs> happens to be listening right now, because she knows I'm your guest, hey Marge, you are a traitorous cunt rag, and that is spelled Q U N T R A G for those who cannot so, I mean, you, I'm not writing it, so you're listening to me. That's how no. I spell it. I, where I created that word a couple of years. So you can go just the so you can the shorter version, the Q U N T works fine. But I like to add rag, or mouth, or face. Just you know, if I'm feeling a little extra New Jersey that day. So, <laughs> and then I have this wonderful video with uh, Representative Jamal Bowman that I met uh, back in April in his district, and he's like. You, you're scared of Tara Dublin. I'm like, yes, hot black man. Say my name correctly. Oh, my God. I love him so much. Um, and <laughs> he's like, Matt Gaze, Marjorie Taylor Greene, the mega psychopath. You're scared of Tara Dublin. I'm like, yeah, you are. It was awesome. That's it great. was awesome.
2: Although
0: was I do beautiful. think I figured out why why a lot of the MAGA types, especially the MAGA guys, are, are do like Marjorie Taylor Greene more than they probably should. Is that for a while now, like the the MAGA types have been obsessed with the word with 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 the term cuck, like they've ob- obsessed yes. with the, with the idea of cuckoldry, and she literally yes. has cuckolded her husband. And yes. it is the policy of Liberal Dan Radio to not kink shame, and we support the consented to sexual activities. Uh, but sure. clearly, I don't think her husband consented to that. Uh, so Probably so not. clearly, clearly they. Um, they want to be the next in line to be uh, to be uh, cocked. I think by her.
2: So,
4: I mean, well, first of all, her new boyfriend has a bigger five head than Matt Gates does, which is weird. I think mean, she has some wow. kind of fetish with that. And here's my question, another one. She'll She's too old For Pizza Gates. She... For I mean, well, there's that. Okay, there's that. But here's the thing: Marjorie Taylor Greene is the mother of three teenage children, two girls and a boy. She has hmm. allowed known pedophiles to hang around her family. Not just Matt Gates, but Milo Yana Trump-a-less, who is who he likes young boys, and so has she left her daughters alone with Matt Gates? Would she leave her daughters alone with Matt Gates, which is Matt Gates' favorite? Which is her ex, her new boyfriend Brian Glenn has also been accused of dabbling in the youngers, as has Jesse Waters on Fox. Marjorie has hanged out with a lot of pedophiles, including Donald Trump. So. Her fascination with, quote-unquote, protecting children when she allows known sex trafficking rapist pedophiles to hang around her own children makes me ask a lot of questions. A lot.
0: Trump's the one that brags about, I can can walk into the Miss Teen USA locker room whenever I want to. Like, ew.
4: (laughs) Right, right. And also let's remind everybody that Matt Gaetz is literally the only member of the House – that voted against a tax and sex trafficking bill. That's a little glaringly obvious there, Captain Venmo. So I'm at least happy that the House uh, Ethics Committee has reopened their investigation into Gate, which I believe fully that they did as like a revenge fuck on behalf of Kevin McCarthy. But I don't care what the motivation is, because yours truly has filed not one, but two. House Ethics Complaints Against Matt Gates because he used his official government Twitter account to harass me. Almost, It's almost two years now. Back in September of 2021, he did a whole segment of his Firebrand podcast about me and he called me an unhinged Karen and he played a voicemail that I had left at his office which violates his own congressional website's policy after he tweeted about me because I was like, hi, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to harass American citizens from your government Twitter account and if you don't take it down, I'm going to sue you. So instead of doing that, he just made it worse. And to this day, he has never taken, he's never taken down the Firebrand podcast. He's never deleted his tweets about me. He tweeted the Jamal Bowman video recently. He didn't name me, but he's like, here's Jamal Bowman yelling at me about reparations from a Holiday Inn. And I was like, well, first of all, there's a really nice hotel in White Plains. Second of all, he barely mentions reparations. And it's not even until the end of the little one and a half minute video we have. That's not even the point. The point is that Matt Gates is a rapist, and he also has a problem with women over the age of consent who tell the truth about him, which is what I did. So I have him harassing me. I have his former lackey, Vish Burra, who now works for George Santos. I had him harassing me. I've also had Ted Cruz, two of Ted Cruz's staffers harass me on Twitter. So, and nobody gets in trouble for any of this stuff. And I get death and rape threats. Thanks. Oh, yeah. and, and, also, and also now that Twitter is an even bigger set so pool, my blue check is gone because Elon Musk is a giant fucking asshole who needed to destroy the world's best social media app and news source because I think he's also in cahoots with Putin to spew disinformation and make sure that nobody knows what the truth is when they see it. And so right now we're at a really weird place in, in time because social media has already ruined human, human communication forever. But from this point forward, we don't know how to trust what we're seeing. And so there is so little protection for people like you, people like me, who are just trying to make a name for ourselves and make a living and get our, get our work out into the world without it right. being suppressed, without being bullied, without being silenced, without being targeted. I have met, l- Listen to the words that I am saying out loud. There are sitting Republican members of Congress right now who have active live tweets harassing me me i'm a regular everyday an american citizen i currently have no job i used to write for political websites i no longer currently am unemployed and very upset and scared about that but we don't have to talk about that
0: the point we can get to is that we'll get to that we'll, we'll get to we, we'll can,
4: that. we can we yeah. can but the point is I am a private American citizen. Whatever I choose to put on social media is my business. Nobody in Congress should be allowed to use either of their Twitter accounts or any of their social media accounts to harass any American citizen for any reason. And unfortunately now, we have gotten to the point where the jurors for Fulton County, their, private, their privacy is gone. Because the yeah, the names The, grand ju- the, the, the names of the
0: grand jurors have been posted by types, and now yeah, they're they're now probably going to get threatened on this stuff. It's their
4: fault. Yep. It's their fault that Donald Trump called Brad Raffensperger and begged him to find him 11,780 votes, right? It's, it's not even begged. He didn't even
0: beg. If if, if if it was He'd begged, be that demanded. would not have been a crime. It, it was it was he Giant told him that if he, he didn't do it it's it a criminal. Find
2: it a- I need if you, to if, if you don't votes. you're
0: committing a crime he's like if you don't find these thing for me that's committing a crime, you're committing a crime if you don't do that which to me is a threat right. of action. And no Gibson media I mean, it's not speaking out against election fraud is the problem in the chat. It's, it's
2: not and it's harassing
4: not, election workers and it, it, right. messing, messing with ele- you know tampering uh, with uh, with elections and all of the things that they are accused of doing in Fonie Willis's uh, indictment everything that they're accused of doing. People need to take a step back and say, if you want to believe that Donald Trump is not guilty of these crimes, then let the legal process play through. Let right. it happen. You can't control it. Harassing jurors will do nothing except get you in trouble legally if they find you. Or if, if you manage to run off one juror, guess what? They'll just find another one. They are not gonna not have this trial because your feelings are hurt because Donald yeah. Trump is a and I think criminal and the you can I,
0: I, I, I say just. I was just say just, but I think it's the grand jurors that were released. I don't think they have a jury yet. So I think I don't. I so think I don't think any but right. It's the former people who were involved in the grand jury with the indictment. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but, but they'll so, just
4: do it when the when the next jury, when any jury.
0: When they right, but a jury but they, they, then make it, they then make it less likely that people would want to do it or, or because people would be scared to be in a jury or maybe It
4: would make me want to serve more. I would, would right. never put me sure. on a jury anywhere ever for any reason because of this mouth. But oh yeah, they'll be like,
0: answer. oh, who are you? liberal? You're liberal, Dan? Yeah, we're not going to put you on a jury for Trump. <laughs> no, absolutely no. not.
4: All they would have to do is look at my Twitter and be like, no, bye. I mean, my <laughs> proudest my proudest moment on Twitter to this day has to be when Trump blocked me and never unblocked me, just by being ordered to unblock American citizens by the DOJ, by his own DOJ. His own DOJ delivered a list to him. You cannot FOIA request the White House, so I have no idea what actually transpired. But I, I, I like to have, I like to imagine that back in the day when he was sued by people for blocking us on Twitter. And he's presented with a list, and he went through, it and he was like, "Fine, fine. Oh no, not her.
0: Not her. Not she, that she, one. That's that's a line too far.
4: <laughs> not me. Not Danny Zuker. Not Parker Malloy. Not mm-hmm. at Kim. Not. I mean, I think there's a small handful of us that never got unblocked. Like the the, the few, the proud, and." Then there's an even smaller subset who have, who have achieved the blocked by Trump quadfecta because I've got, oh. I got Don, I got daddy Don, and then I've got, then, then I got Ivanka, then I got Eric, and then I got Don Jr. So if you're asking who's the stupidest one, it's Don Jr. because he was last. It took him <laughs> until the inauguration to block me. The rest of them, uh, Trump blocked me in, in September of 2015, Ivanka blocked me before the election. The other two, uh, Eric blocked me right after the election. And then Junior blocked me, I think, right around the inauguration. So I'm very proud of that. I have a lot of big, 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 big name manga blocks. In fact, several of them were named in Fonny's indictment. So nice. you would think I'd be able to monetize this tower way better than I have. But, uh,
0: you know, I mean, you have like over hundred thousand followers on Twitter. One would think that you know you'd be able to find at least one of them to uh to to, to somebody, be able to be like you know hook you up with a book publisher or a book deal.
4: Oh well, Dan, there's here just just touch the nerve. Touch Segway. It, touch that, it that's a good. That's a, that's again. my
0: segue into your that's book. What into we your call book. A segue. So, yeah, the that's a very former radio DJ
4: calls that a yeah. segue. It's true. I I mean, here's the thing. I, how long have you been on Twitter?
0: when did you join? Oh, it's, it's like maybe 14 years with at least what one. Yeah. Account. Okay. So you've been yeah. there
4: as long as I have. Okay. So but yeah, so yeah, yeah
0: but like, I've only had like 2000 followers cause I can't figure out social, I can't figure out how to gain followers
4: apparently. Well, well, all it's, t- well, if, if you, you don't want to go the way about it that I did, which is get harassed by Trump supporters. So then you get a blue check and then all of a sudden everybody sees you. Um, cause that's what happened to me. But see, but I'm also, I, uh, I'm also
0: not an attractive woman. I'm, I'm, I'm a schlubby fat Jewish guy. <laughs> so
4: thank you. Thank you. There are people who might argue with me that I'm even an attractive woman, but they'd be on the right and we don't listen to them. So, But I had been on the radio here in Portland for five years, and then I got laid off because of the economy. And so I did what everyone else was doing, and I immediately migrated to Twitter in 2009. And assuming, as I watched it happen to so many others, that eventually someone would see a brilliant tweet of mine and be like, you're funny, let me give you a sitcom. You're hilarious and a great writer. Here's a book deal. 14 years later, I'm still waiting for that to happen. And it doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter, like, how many times I tweet. Like, I can tweet, like, today when I tweet about Marjorie, that blows up and gets tons of engagement. Everybody's sharing it. That's fantastic. I tweet I need some help getting my book seen, and people are like, crickets, crickets, right. I don't see you. And it's frustrating considering the, the, the big obnoxiously big names that follow me back. There are some who follow me back and I'm like, I love you and I'm super flattered, but why, Why me, really? Which is also the essence of the Dave Grohl <clears throat> story. I'm like, really, me, me, right. why? why, why, why? Still, there's so much why in my life that I cannot get answered. And that's another source of frustration. So I have this great book that I wrote, which is, I, I say is the ultimate fan fiction because it literally happened to me. And so, like, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey is fan fiction from Twilight. I, I, I'm not doing that. I'm not trying to rewrite somebody else's book because I'm lazy and I'm trying to make a quick buck. I wrote a book about I, – I, I'll tell it quickly. That I met Dave Grohl in 2001 at a secret Foo Fighter show for people who were just registered at their, on their post boards before there was ever social media. And it was my first Foo Fighter show, and I was right in the front. I wasn't on the radio at that time. All I did was be a mom to a two-year-old and sit on the Foo Fighters post where That was like, literally, my whole life is very lonely and sad. Anyway, now I was married. And, you know, don't so I don't want to – I wasn't single. So I go to this show in L.A., and after the first song, Dave Grohl looks at me and goes, I know who you are. And I was like, Wha- what? <laughs> why? Why? Why and what and why? I mean, just Really? I have an MP3 from that show where he says my name. You know, it's not just, oh, I saw your picture on the board. It's like, I know your name. I know shit about you. Like, what? Why? There were like 40,000 registered members on that post board. And I met him after the show, and he would not tell me how he found me. To this day, it's 22 years. I just passed the 22nd anniversary of the night we met. I still don't know how he found me. I still don't know what what it was that made him become interested to the point where he once called me his internet crush which is nice of course immediately right. after he said that he, as soon as he said that he's like okay have a good night and then he left with the woman who's now the mother of his three kids and they just celebrated their 20-year anniversary it's so fine it's so fine no bodily fluids were ever exchanged despite <laughs> us having crushes on each other because i was married i was married and i had a two-year-old and I had to fly home the next day so i couldn't go out with him when he asked me out after that first show at the troubadour So, in my mind, of course, is. I mean, you could have, but, you know. I mean, it would have been really shitty if I did that, right? Because, honestly, honestly, I will say this now because I am long since divorced and my children are grown. If I could have glimpsed what was ahead of me because I was not happily married. I don't think I was ever really happily married. But, um, at the time, I had just my son, Jack, who's now 24, and I thought, you know, like, I I could have I could have cheated on my husband and been okay with that, but I would never have left my son. Like, I never mm-hmm. would have done that, right? right? I never. If, if anything, I would have gone back and been like, I'll be taking our child to L.A. now, and that would have been a thing. But that's ridiculous to even think it would have been anything more than one night of a, of a hookup. In any right. case, it didn't happen. It didn't happen is the point. And so in the back of your mind, though, for your whole life, you're like, but what if I could? What if I could have? What if? Because so many other people got to do that with him and I didn't, but also so many people have talked to him about Nirvana and I've never said the word Nirvana to him ever. And all the times I got to hang out with him is I wanted to be the person that never talked to him about Nirvana. Right. I mean, he's mentioned, he said stuff to me, told me stuff, which I was like, Oh really? That's cool. Anyway, let's talk more about food fighters. And I also firmly believe, which is It makes me sound like a crazy person, and I I try not to sound like a crazy person at all times. But I firmly believe that I am the person who inspired him to write the song, Times Like These, which saved the Foo Fighters because they were on the brink of breaking up, and they were about to go play Coachella, and he was playing with Queens of the Stone Age, and they were just going to play – Foo Fighters were just going to play some covers at Coachella and then call it, and he was like, so you should go, and I'm like – well, okay, but you have to play a cover of my favorite song, and my favorite song is Heroes by David Bowie, and he told me he could never cover that song because he's friends with the Wallflowers, and they covered the song on that city Godzilla soundtrack that he was on with right. Pug Daddy. So I said to him, well, fine. If you're going to make me get on a plane and you're going to make me camp, but you're not going to play a cover of my favorite song, you need to write me a song that's just as good as Heroes. And he said, okay, fine, I'll do that. And if you watch his documentary, Back and Force, which is the documentary Foo Fighters released back in 2011, Dave Grohl talks about writing the song times like these while on tour in a hotel room in Portland. Kind of leaves out the part where he got the idea from me. (laughs) So that's kind of a thing that has also been bugging me for a while. You want the answer. It'd be nice because you know, a lot has happened. And so here's, That doesn't play into the book. So I wrote what I – my book is a fictional rock and roll love story. And if you're one-line elevator pitching it, it's almost famous meets The Way We Were on the Warped Tour because it's set in the early 2000s because that's when I met him. Um, And it is about a woman who is unhappily married but does not have a child. That's convenient because it's fiction. It doesn't mean I love my children any less. Anyone wants to criticize my mother because I like to do that. I'm a single Jewish mother. They like to attack me for the single and the Jewish. Anyway, so of course you're single because you're this. Um, So this woman in the book, she wins a contest to go to L.A. and see her favorite band and her intention is, I'm going to go to L.A. and I'm going to make my own life. In the book, she's 32. She's young enough. She can escape her bad marriage and just not go back. Just be in L.A. There's plenty of opportunities. But she goes to this show and the lead singer calls her out and after the show... He does go out with him and then she just doesn't go home and she doesn't do anything by herself because she stays with the rock star and for like two years she's like this is great because she's living the life and she's on the road and she gets to do all the cool things that you get to do when you're a rock star wife and then all of a sudden other uh, things reality things start happening and she's like hey wait a minute this is not what i was going to do i'm what why am i following another man through life and then she's put in this impossible situation that a lot of women Are put in in life Um, and if there are uh, women who are in in partnerships who are have families who might be listening uh, I'm sure that they'll be able to relate to some of the choices that the character in the book is faced with but essentially what it comes down to is that a lot of times in life women are asked to swallow what we want swallow our feelings to accommodate the greater good or the whole and in the book she's asked to sacrifice a lot of things that make her feel like her in order to accommodate her rock star husband, to make sure that the band stays together, to make sure everybody else is happy while she's eating shit. And so she's eventually faced with an impossible choice of, she can leave him and have her life, but if she leaves him, this, 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 and this will happen, and all of those things are terrible. I don't want to spoil anything. Not exactly an entirely happy ending. It has an ambivalent ending. And so, because life doesn't have neat happy ending well, I've, and i've always i'm, been I'm, I'm an aspiring person.
0: writer as well and, and a lot of the times in my writing classes yeah. when i when i've done writing like a lot of times like i've been okay here's here's the end of my story and it's a dark ending like every time i've written a story right. it's like here's the dark ending and i'm like okay you know and I, I was like i could write i could make this story have a happy ending though it's a dark ending like so
4: I'm, I'm, i tend to not have right that, because You have to say authentic to the characters that you've created. And one of the biggest complaints we always hear, especially now because everybody's a critic, uh, literally because they can go on TikTok and be like, I review movies. I'm a critic now. Um, If you give them an ending that doesn't seem authentic to the way the characters have been behaving all along, they'll say, well, that's contrived. And you did that to give, give somebody a nice little serotonin boost at the end. Maybe they'll want a sequel. But if you give somebody an ending where it leaves them thinking, where they're like, well, maybe she did this, or I don't, wait a minute, maybe she did this, maybe she does this, I prefer that, because I don't want, I don't need to spoon feed everything to you, right, and 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 that's part, and part of it is, because I want you to get to the ending, I want you to be so invested, that you will not be able to, like, you'll you be thinking, well, what if that was me, what would I choose, what would I do, would I choose me, would I choose to you know, this chosen family, what would I do? So it's one of those things. I mean, and those, those, that's a thing that I have felt myself in my life where I'm a former doctor's wife. And there are a lot of situations where I kept my mouth shut when I didn't want to and was told to act in certain ways. Women often are asked to be made, make themselves quieter and smaller. And anybody who saw the Barbie movie, you know, America right. for Hours, wonderful monologue is nothing that we all haven't said in our own way at some point in our lives, which is why I think so many people are really, really super connecting to that moment in particular in that movie, just because it's basically a cohesive voice for all of us at some point. We have all reached that point as women. So it's just, I wanted to write about a woman who didn't have, uh, who seemed to have it all. Like it's, you know, the essence is, you know, you have this dream life, but it's somebody else's dream. And then it doesn't feel authentic. You you don't feel like you in your own life, which is another thing that I can relate to because having lost my job on the radio, I was unemployed for a long time. And then the only work I can find, could find was in the service industry. And I worked in the service industry up until the pandemic closed everything. So I've been through a lot of ups and downs professionally. And there's the peak of being on the radio and then the valley of being unemployed. And then, Go, getting back up and getting a couple of really good writing gigs. And unfortunately, both of those, one website folded and the other, I was laid off. And so it's just and now I'm back in a situation where I never expected to be. This is very, very similar to where I was when I first joined Twitter, which is feeling sort of untethered, not really sure what my next steps are, very concerned about my immediate future, but knowing that I'm this untapped goldmine mine With so much to offer that it's just about finding that right person to say, oh, absolutely, yes. You know, and I have been submitting my book. I finished the book. um, I want to say it took me like I want to say I, I wrote it in about three months in the first few months of the pandemic. And then I've written about 10 drafts. I've revised it about 10 times since. And I've been querying that draft for the last year. So as recently as this morning, I sent out a query. So I'm not ever going to give up on it. I know it can be a movie. Um, I will not self-publish because I can already tell people, like, why don't you just self-publish? Everybody self-publishes. Because back in well,
0: – you, 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 My next question. <laughs>
4: yeah. It's, I, I know. I, know more, I like, It's the same, like, why don't you do a podcast instead of radio? It's, the reason I can't self-publish is because I actually did try that. And back in the early days of the MAGA harassment that I was dealing with, I had a completely different project. I wrote a YA novel, and it was murders in a New Jersey high school in 1985. Set against mm-hmm. the backdrop of the high school musical, okay? And it's super fun, like me getting back at my own bullies from grade school and high school. And it was a really fun exercise, and I put it up on Amazon self-published, and I made a few hundred dollars. And then I started getting harassed by MAGA, and they went on Amazon, and they wrote reviews about me saying terrible things about me, like the same things they were saying about me on Twitter. So they accused me, like they accused me of really terrible things. And they did terrible things, like not on Amazon, but they did things with pictures of my children. I have two sons. Mm-hmm. And they made, they posted terrible things about me and my sons on like all of the dark web and the Chans, the 8 Chans and the 4 Chans. And they posted my. Name my face and my address, my house and my address on Twitter. They did all kinds of terrible doxing type things to me. So when they found my book, they said terrible things about my book, and I got an email from Amazon saying we are are removing your content because it it contains child rape and this, 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 and this, and it does not contain any of the things that the MAGA people said it contained. But Amazon took it down anyway. So Mm. I can't self-publish. I need the proper protection of an agent a proper publisher. Um, And, you know, kind of like how Republicans get book deals, except in my situation, no one would buy up up a bunch of copies and falsely inflate sales like the RNC does. I want to actually read my, my book. My book is not a ghost written hunk of crap to throw out and then end up in a Costco bin next to Carrie Lake's fucking doorstop that nobody read. And I understand, right. like Donald Donald Trump Jr. has his own "quote unquote" publishing company. Why don't you just call it the money laundering? I mean, just call it that. Just call it call it money laundering press. Why don't you call it that? Because that's what it is.
0: Right. They could so, just they could just, just have an empty book with no words in it and just a cover and just be oh, like, man. here we're buying this book, and there you go.
4: Right. Every I call it the Republican publishing racket because that's what it is, and. A lot of the times it's with Simon & Schuster, which is really disappointing. And also ironic because the Simon & Schuster Twitter account follows me, and I'm like, hi, publish me, let's go. So, but like Ted Cruz is published by Regnery, which is a division of a, some Christian publisher, and so is Josh Hawley. So all of them have these like shady Christian press book deals that still somehow make it to the top of the New York Times bestseller list because the RNC buys up all of the copies that nobody ever reads. And they end up uh, on, the, on on dusty shelves in people's living rooms next to John Grisham books that they also don't read. So, you know, I don't want that for my book, obviously. I want people to read it. I want people to love it. I have a great blurb from Cameron Crowe. It's like if you like Daisy Jones and the Six, you would love this. If you loved Almost Famous, you would love this. But you would also love it more because – it's based on the coolest rock star meets fan story ever that happened to me, and from the coolest rock star on the planet, who doesn't love Dave Grohl? Everybody right. loves
0: Dave Grohl. He's right? awesome. So I love how he like invites so people awesome. up on stage with him too, like with like the Kiss he's guy the, thing and the and the drummer girl and the the guy oh, that yeah, plays. Um,
4: did you see yeah. Michael Bublé?
0: I don't know if I've seen that one.
4: My so okay so. You know, last year, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins died, which is incredibly tragic, and I will never get over it. Um, And I really believe that that was the end of Foo Foo Fighters. But I also understand who Dave Grohl is and how he could not let that be how Foo Fighters ends and how he feels not just a sense of obligation to the fan base. I mean, I've been a Foo Fighters fan since the beginning, so that's 28 years of my life. There are fans who are, are, are like me who have been there all along, there are people he doesn't want to let down. There are people who work for him, who have worked for him since the beginning, crew members and people. He doesn't want to ever let anybody down. And so I think that he tried to find a way to keep Foo Fighters together, and the way he found it was, we're going to take some time, we're going to figure this out, and we're going to find somebody who will fit in. And they found Josh Freeze, who's a great guy. Who's, he's a real journeyman drummer. He has drummed with literally everyone, including Michael Bublé. Hmm. He literally drummed for Michael Bublé, and so there. There's a moment I. I and I haven't seen Foo Fighters on their new tour because they haven't come anywhere near close to Portland, um, and I don't know if they will, and I don't know if I'll see them. And I'm desperate to see them live again because their new record is just so good. This elegy for his for Taylor and for his mother, Dave Grohl's mother, also passed away last year, so it was a real shit show of a year for him, and so. Right. Josh Freese, they have a segment in the show where they like go through all of these bands that Josh Freese drummed for. Oh, he played with this band, and he played with Devo, and he played with so and so, and he played so. They'll play a little bit of Whippet, and then play this band. Then they get to Michael Bublé, and then they play this Michael Bublé song, and then they move on. Well, then it so happens that they were at Outside Lands in San Francisco. Michael Bublé flew from Argentina to be at Outside Lands. He was in the audience. They get to that moment in the show, and. Dave is like, anybody out there know this song, this Michael Buble song? And there's a big, there's a big I heart Buble sign in the, in the crowd. And it's Michael Buble. And he's, it's obviously, <laughs> he's already mic'd up. He's ready to go. He gets on stage with Foo Fighters. He has made so many TikToks, Michael Buble. I'm in the Foo Fighters now. There's one where he's backstage. He goes, so I, th- I think this means I'm in the Foo Fighters now. And Dave Grohl walks up right next to him and goes, fuck you. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. So that's, that's who great. his role is, right? The nicest right. guy, the warmest guy, the most um the most generous human. Truly really the most generous human being. And kind and wonderful and sweet. And I happen to believe down to my core that if I got my story to him, he would be Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm so he'd be so happy. Because the last time I physically saw him was in twenty fifteen when Foo Fighters played Portland and he had his broken leg and he was sitting mm-hmm. in that throne and right. their tour manager has been hot and cold with me throughout the years. And I had reached out to my, I, I had no money. I had even less no money than the no money I have now in 2015. And I reached out and I was like, this is a sitch. And he was like, uh, and I didn't hear from him. And then the day of the show, I was just so desperately sad because I was like, and Foo Fighters, and go <laughs> And then I got an email from the tour manager saying, you have two tickets waiting for you at will called Don't Thank Me Publicly. So I went with a friend of mine and we went and picked them up and we got wristbands to go backstage, but not all the way to where Dave was, just where, right. just in this one area called Club Rami for Rami Jaffe, who's the keyboardist now who used to be in the wallflowers. So I mm-hmm. did get confirmation from Rami Jaffe that their cover of Heroes, my favorite song, what I said to Dave that day when I was like, but, but I can hear you cover it in my head. I can hear you singing it in my head. And it's like they woke, that cover is so bad. It's like they woke up Jacob Dylan at 2 in the morning and put a microphone in front of his face. And he's just like, uh, uh yeah. <laughs> and, So when uh, I, was, I can be <laughs> I mean, I want you to know that when I was on the radio in Portland, there was a time where the wallflowers were in the building. They didn't come to my station because I was on the alternative station. They went to go to the pop station. And I encountered the wallflowers in the hallway. Including mm-hmm. Jacob Dylan. Now I am five feet tall. At the time, I had maybe 20 pounds more on me than I have now because I didn't eat well and I drank a lot of diet coke. That's the whole thing. But anyway, I'm at my the weight I should be at now. But anyway, Jacob Dylan is not a big person. okay? Right. Like, he's short. He is short and he is small. And I looked at him and I walked. And this is before I even had my hero's tattoo, which I have on my arm now. As I was walking down the hall, I was like. I could take Jake. I could take Jacob Dylan. I could do a quick elbow, <laughs> a quick elbow to the throat and then I stand over him and be like that's for heroes and I keep walking. But I really loved my job and I didn't want to lose it. So I thought physically assaulting Jacob Dylan was not the way. Not the way to go. But here's the thing. Like back in back in uh, in, in, in 2002, I'm sitting with Dave Grohl uh, at a Queens of the Stone Age soundcheck. And we're talking about Coachella, and he's telling me that he can't do it. And then I'm like, but I need I need you to do this. And he's like, I can't do it. And I said, you need to write me a song just as good. And a few months later, I'm listening to the radio. And instead of hearing, I, I will be king, I hear, I, I'm a one-way motorway. So yeah, I'm I can hear it. They're the same, right? Like, I, I would
0: have never, I would have thought that they said this. But as soon as I read that, that the theory that, that there's a song, and I was like, huh.
4: Yeah. Okay. No, it's totally it. It's totally it. I made, if you go to my YouTube, um, I have a, a, a seven-and-a-half-minute video that um, I uh, of me telling the story on stage last year on my birthday at my beloved Low Bar Chorale, which is the only thing I like in Portland. It is my, my, my community where uh, every couple of weeks we get together in a bar with a live band, and we all sing together in three-part harmony, all contemporary music. And mm. that particular night was my birthday, my birthday just happened to land on a low bar corral night and I'm very good friends with the band and the lead singer. And I had messaged him and I'm like, we, and he loves to do mashups. And so I said, let's do this. Can we do the times like these heroes mashup that I've been wanting to do? Cause it's my birthday. He was like, absolutely. Yes. And I'm like, would you maybe let me tell the story of why these songs fit together? So absolutely perfectly. He's like, definitely. And so the video, I, I tell the story and like, it's, I mean, I don't have a video of us singing the song because we didn't get good audio of it. But right. I mean, once I tell it, once you hear it, you never unhear it anymore. And so I don't want to claim that it's because of me. I don't want to take credit that I can't right. take. I feel like I have a lot of it on my side, though, particularly right. him, <laughs> especially him. You know what? I think if he had never said in the documentary, I wrote that song in a hotel room in Portland. I probably wouldn't be able to like push as hard. But like but he you does can, say you can that. at least hang your hat. Right, exactly. And I can say I have this story that he's clearly forgotten all about, which is absolutely fine because he's the most famous and busiest person on the planet. That's fine. If if anybody could get me back in touch with him, cuz like I mean forever ago I had an email for him, but like he changes his email so often because but one, if, if it ever becomes knowledge, if anybody, it's like it, too many people will get his email or too many people will get his phone number. He will get a new phone. He will get a new email. I think in the time that I knew him, I he gave me four different emails for him. So mm-hmm. I don't have one now. I don't have one now. I don't have a direct line to him. I'm not going to email the tour manager. Like, Can you send it to Dave? Because there's an understanding that you don't do that. So... There are not – I don't have the venue, literally, that I used to have. And so I've tried desperately on social media to uh, connect with Foo Fighters. I have uh, tried plenty of times on Twitter. I've tried plenty of times on TikTok. So far, it hasn't happened. Um, It's kind of a thing that I've – now it's less about trying to get back in touch with Dave and really more about pushing my book because that's a real, tangible, actual thing that I have and can show and say, here, this is real. And a lot of it I've had to sort of release instead of living with it. Like, I may never know why, right? I may never Mm -hmm. find out. I may never talk to him again, which would be tragic and sad. And I hope that's not the case. And I hope that somehow, sooner rather than later, we get back in touch. I was really hoping for it to happen on the 22nd anniversary, which was a couple of weeks ago, or last week, Um, but it was August 5th. Um, But um, what matters to me in all of this humongous rambling mess of a time that we have spent together is that people see me for what I am, which is someone who's like, I'm obviously super driven and passionate about politics. And I am very still very much invested in making sure Democrats sweep every single election. And it's incredibly important for everybody to participate in every single election, but I do not want to be pigeonholed as a political person all the time, because right. there's more to me. I am a political person, but there is so much more to me than that. There was more to me before I became a political person. There's a lot more. I have a lot of other stories. I have a, a whole bunch of fantastically strange, bizarre, hilarious, weird stories to tell, just because I don't have two nickels to rub together, but I have so yeah. many famous people who follow me on Twitter, and I have friends who are trust fund babies and wealthy and famous and all of these things. And, like, in, in just the last couple of months alone, like, Mark Hamill followed me back on Twitter. And then Stephen King followed me back on Twitter. <laughs> Stephen King. Stephen That's King amazing. follows 165 people. He follows 165 people. on one. Like, we haven't interacted, though.
2: In the first right. time, like, he
4: followed me back. And I'm like, like, first he retweeted because I have this beautiful postcard that he sent me back in 1985
2: framed on my desk. Because mm-hmm. I had
4: written to him because I was writing a paper about him for my junior honors English class. Back in the day, you wrote to people, the writers, through their publishers. I sent him a letter, and he I got all of this stuff, and then he sent me something personal that I've framed. And so finally, after all of these years on Twitter, he finally somehow saw it, and he finally retweeted it. And that to me was – I was happy. I was totally happy then. I was like, he saw me. He acknowledged. He retweeted. I can ask for nothing more of Stephen King. Right. I'm good. I'm satiated, I'm satisfied. And then he followed me back, and I was like, oh, what? Did you accidentally hit follow back when you were just looking at my profile? I don't (laughs) care. You're here now.
2: You're here
4: now. Here you are. Hooray. (laughs) One retweet. One retweet of my blog. Right. To show it to 7.7 million followers.
0: Right. Before Hal was on my podcast, before Hal came on the podcast a few times, my biggest celebrity interactions on Twitter was – on my other account, on my personal account, um, Vanilla Ice followed me for some reason, and I was like, "What? That's weird."
4: And you were and like, "Words to your mother."
0: I know. I was like, "Holy crap!" And then he like retweeted one of my tweets when he went to one of these like '90s mixtape tours thing, and I was like, "Cause he was my first concert I ever went to." And all of a sudden, That's I was hilarious. like, "I'm going to him tonight," and he was like retweeted. I was like, "Whoa, holy crap!" And then it was
4: fun. It's still, I still get yeah. a thrill when stuff like that happens. And I then, and
0: then, cool. like one day, I had this epiphany. It was like I had said, Okay, if Shakira, whose hips don't lie, and Sir Mixalot, who likes big butts and cannot lie, had kids mm-hmm. would they be the most honest kids ever? And Sir Mixalot responded and he said, Let's make that happen and I was like, That's awesome. I was like, I couldn't Holy believe he responded shit. to it and then like That's and fantastic. like I I screenshotted it and and everyone was like, your day has been made, like your life has been made because, right. you know, that was just amazing. And, and you and then,
4: some, something, something huge is going to happen for you. Right.
0: That. Right.
4: And then, Oh, I've
0: had so many like, of those things where I'm like, this is, this is. All, yeah.
4: Those close calls, right? And you're this like, you're big walking thing. around going, and you're walking around like you're the fucking Mac daddy for like a day and a half. You're like, my yep. Anaconda don't want none. You're like <laughs> singing all of it. And then you're like, yep. wait, Wait. Oh, okay. So nothing, Not nothing's going to happen. Oh, okay. So
0: I, I was, I used to do ride share, like between, between like full-time, you know, software development positions. That's my full-time mm-hmm. thing at the moment. Um, huh. you know, I'd love to be able to do this full-time, but currently I'm a software. Well, yeah. Developer. yeah. Um, but the, uh, so I was doing Uber and I was at like this meeting, like in one of the municipalities around here where they were trying to discuss some sort of thing. And I was having a conversation with two of the governmental outreach people and the Uber outreach person let, kind of, I don't know if he purposely let it slip or whatever, but he said, I was like, they're asking me like, which app do you like better Uber and Lyft? And I was like, well, Lyft does have tipping in their application. And this is back when Uber didn't have tipping in their app. And the guy from Uber goes, we'll give it three weeks. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, can I put that on my blog? And he's like, sure. I'm like, can I type you or should I just put it as like an anonymous source? He's like, just put it as an anonymous source I'd be better. I'm like, okay.
2: Uh-huh.
0: So I'm on I'm my way home, I'm, I'm calling my wife. I'm like, I have the biggest scoop. Like nobody has this information outside of Uber. I'm the first person in the nation outside of like Uber corporate to know that Uber is getting tipping in the application. I, this is going to be my blog. Is my, I has a writer blog at that time too. I was going to blow up. I was going to, this right. is going to be huge. I'm going to be, I'm going to be like, this is going to be big. So I I go home, I make a video, I make posts, I post everywhere I possibly know about all this breaking news about how Uber's going to finally get tipping in the app and all the drivers are going to be psyched. And I'm the one who showed. it. And, and everyone was like, you're full of shit or this is clickbait. And I was like, if this is clickbait, I wouldn't have said Uber's getting tipping in the app. I would have said, is Uber getting tipping in the app? Click here and yeah. find out, you know. And then I would right. have been like, oh, you know, I was like, no, I'm serious. They're, and they're like, no, we don't believe you. And I was like, well, when they do, just remember where you saw it first. And, like, three people came back three weeks later. I was like, well, I guess you were right. I'm like, wonderful. <laughs> yeah.
4: It's really it – it's It's frustrating. And it's, and it's also, I think, a lot of us see the people who have really somehow managed to explode on social media and monetize it. In a way that we just, for whatever reason, we haven't been able to to do the same, and we just don't know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit, and it's crazy because like you will dash off a tweet and you won't think two minutes more about it. You will you'll forget that you tweeted it, and then all of a sudden there was a tweet that I sent out like Russell Brand was trending because he well because he was on Bill Maher at the same time. With John Heilman. And I love John Heilman. The circus is great. And he's, you know, he's just a good guy. And he ended up on the panel. And Russell Brand is screaming in his face. And all I, I, all I wrote was, I quote tweeted it and was like, I want to send uh, Jay Heil a fruit basket for getting through this without punching Russell Brand in the face. So <laughs> <laughs> all I wrote. Yeah, Little chuckle. Little chuckle. I got 2.5 million engagements on that thing. And a lot of it was, oh, I thought Democrats don't advocate for violence. I'm like, I didn't say I wanted him to punch him. I didn't say, you know, he should have punched him. He withheld from punching him because Democrats don't resort to violence. But they're like, you like to, you go straight to punching in the face. I'm like, yes, I do. I'm the violent (laughs) one. It was Democrats. With bear spray and flagpoles on January, like fuck all of you. Yes, I'm anti Ooh, learn what words mean. <laughs> I had
0: and this then, one conversation. That... One, well, I had this one conversation on Facebook. It's, it's sort of a similar thing happened where, like, I was, I was, I called it a conversation with an idiot in blue, and because I was, I was mm. censoring his name and picture, a profile picture in blue, just to keep his name out of it. Although I forgot one, right? Um, and mistakenly. But it was a conversation I was I asked I usually when I'm having a discussion about like you know body autonomy and abortion I was like okay you have a you're in a room, there's a what there's two carts, one cart has a has an infant in it, one cart has a free little freezer with a hundred frozen embryos, um, there's a fire alarm, you only have the ability to push one of those carts out. Which one do you push out? You know, you know, thus if, if, it's, if they don't say the hundred embryos and they say the infant, then clearly the infant is is much different than the hundred embryos. They're, they're therefore disproving they're the same thing. Thought um, you know, well, there was, his response was, that's crazy. You can't freeze embryos. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, you can. I was like, I bet you $10,000 oh. right now that you can freeze embryos. Oh. And no, you can, that, that, oh. that's voodoo. That's witchcraft. This thing got so it was like over a at least a million engagements at least a million views.
2: Oh my and god! And they got
0: I had so many engagements on my on my Facebook page for for, for liberal Band that they made me enable two factor authentication because there was so many engagements. And I was like, okay, this is it. This is where this my is podcast it, right? closed up because I got this so many it? engagements. Nothing. Yep.
2: Nothing. <laughs> so I'm like, it's, yeah. it's and then crazy. Like,
0: and I came up with a, uh, with a group on Facebook uh, group name. It's just to to just talk about like how horrible white people being plus also bad pictures of terrible seasoned food. And just what in the unseasoned name of Karen is this caucasity? That's the tag group.
2: <laughs>
0: and it, it's, it, it has like over 11,000 people in the group. And I've, and I've That's had great. like, I did like two, two little contests in the group too. Like, you know, you know, share a picture of the most horrible food you could find and I'll give you a $50 gift card. And I did it twice. And like the first time I did it, the person was like, Oh wow, you actually gave gave the gift card. I'm like, yeah, why would I not? I promised that I would. I thought you were just being silly. I'm like, no, I I want this. This this is related to my podcast. I want people to know that I'm legit and it happened twice. And I was like, and then the next one was like, hey, if if I get to, a, there's eleven thousand people in this group. If I can get to just a thousand followers or subscribers on YouTube, I'll do another contest. And I'll give away another gift card and and nothing, Crickets. So I'm like, wow. what, what what does what does a homie have to do to, to get?
4: I honestly, that isn't that the billion dollar question. What does a homie have to do? Because you the do the best thing all that ever happened that was how
0: I was at I was at a, oh, a hundred. I was at 100. I was like at 100 and something followers. Hal comes on a couple of times. I jumped from like 100 to like 600 something. And then that's where I'm at now. And like, and like.
4: Hal is so great. He's, oh, he's wonderful. a good human even, being. Like, I
0: was having a rough day the other day. I think when you were on, I was having a little bit of a rough day, just like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and thinking about that stuff. And then I, I don't even know if he knew that I was in the chat or not. And, he, and he, then he name dropped me when talking to yeah. you about like, all the other Democrats. Yeah. And I'm just like. He didn't have to do that. That's so nice. I almost cried.
4: He's such a good but guy. But he really
0: he's really is he's awesome. He is so good. He's so it, it,
4: awesome. It, 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 it's interesting because, you know, my mother, who is, of course, a Jewish mother, gets very frustrated. And She's like, I don't understand. You know, all of these famous people, why don't they help you? I'm like, what do you think, Mom? I'm sliding into Pat Noswalt's DM saying, hi, can you help me get a job? It doesn't right. work like that. You have to hope that something you put out there is seen organically, by someone with an account that is large enough and that they are okay with sharing it. I am, it really bothers me. I don't like asking. I don't like asking for help. I don't like asking for money. I don't like asking for retweets. I don't like asking for any of it. I wish at this point so much that all of the things that people were, were saying that Twitter could do had already happened for me. And there are little things like little breadcrumbs here and there that keep you going and keep you hopeful and you get big right. gigs. You get a. You might get a writing gig, or you might get a one little standalone voiceover gig. Or oh, Ryan Reynolds is, is following you back now because you said something that he thought was funny. And so like those are those little moments. So, like Ryan Reynolds is following me. So is Aviation Gin, which he owns. Aviation Gin, which is located here in Portland. Ryan, come here to Portland. Let's hang out. Let's make a snarky Aviation Gin commercial. Let's go. Right. Like do that. I'm right here. I have all of this this to give. And then the other thing, like, and a lot of it, I want to be able to, you know, move forward in life without holding on to the old things. But it's very hard for me to let go of the time that I was on the radio here in Portland because it was a, a very important time in my life. Getting my own job at that time allowed me to leave a marriage where I was very unhappy and unseen and not treated like an equal and a lot of other things that I'm not going to talk about because it's nobody's business, but I'm not a happily married person. I got a job on the radio here in Portland in 2004. And I said to myself, if I still have this job in a year, I'm, I'm going to see if I can do this by myself because I had never done anything by myself. I went, I was one of those girls who just, and not on purpose, but I went from being taken care of by my parents to being taken care of by my husband. And I did not like the way that felt. I truly didn't like it, and that's an unusual thing for a nice Jewish girl from New Jersey because literally all I was told to want was to get myself a nice doctor or a lawyer and then make babies, and I'll be fine. That's all that right. anyone expected of me, and when I did, I mean, I married the doctor, but he's not Jewish, But uh-huh. um, and I'm not religious, and oy, right. I mean, it cancels out. But um, what,
0: what, what religion did, was he?
4: He's, he's raised... Catholic.
0: Catholic. Oh, so you have but, cashews, too.
4: I have all of that. Yes. I My, you my, are, yeah, so my wife uh, is yes, my wife's Catholic, Catholic,
0: and I'm Jewish, so our kids, our kids are cashews as well.
4: Right. But my mine are a little worse off because it's the matriarchal lineage, so my boys are considered more Jewish right. than anything. But none of us are religious. None of us practice. None of us. I, we all think yeah. it's crap. Anyway, but... Right. My, uh, my
0: line is that I don't have to practice anymore. I
4: practiced enough as a kid. And I'm, 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 I'm not practicing. Yeah, no, I just I wasn't very good at it. But I didn't <laughs> do any of the things that my family expected me to do. They certainly didn't expect me to divorce my husband. They didn't expect me to go out on my own. But I did it, and it was great for five years until it wasn't. And so ever since then, it's been a struggle. And I've survived, but I haven't, like, gotten to the point where I thought I would be and I'm 54 and mm-hmm. it's I think right now there are a lot of opportunities for Gen X women we are I think our generation is really like the coolest generation to be aging so we're gonna kind of re like kind of reset the standard for what aging means in our society because we're not gonna go quietly we're not going to be put away in like retirement homes and be docile. Like we're, we're tattooed and body modified and loud and we're the latchkey kids and we're the forgotten right. generation. We're going to make sure that you see us as we age. Seriously, we're going to make sure of it. And women my age are finally, we're finally talking about menopause and perimenopause, which has been a silent thing for decades centuries forever and now you have women like samantha b who are talking about it and we have movement uh, movements for more women to talk about it and at this time it's like there are places for us to be heard and be seen and as soon as the sag aftra and writers guild strikes are resolved um, there's a lot of material out here and you know i keep hearing that hollywood wants to find new female talent to create content for women. And I'm right here with a shit ton of that. So, right. and I mean, and if you want to, because I, I, this happened I, I don't know if this happens to you, but as we are Jewish, there are people who tell me I'm not white because I'm Jewish. And oh, I mean,
0: there are people who, that's what that's there, what the anti-Semites will say, especially.
4: Right. Right. And so there are people who say that, but then there are people who don't know I'm Jewish because of my name and they see me, they just see a white woman, and, right. and they think that I feel a sense of entitlement, which I know that I've enjoyed privilege throughout my life. I'm obviously much more aware of it now than in previous times, but I don't think that makes, that, that's not because, that's not why I think someone should give me a book deal or give me a job or do anything. I feel I've earned it. I have struggled. I have worked incredibly hard. I have worked City awful, dirty, thankless service industry job, which is a book in and of itself. And in fact, I always wanted to write a memoir and call it My Mess is a Life from radio host mm-hmm. to restaurant host. Because that's what happened to me. Like, I had local status here. You know, when I was on the radio, it was like, quote, unquote, a local celebrity. And I had status and everybody knew who I was, and I got to hang out with all the cool people in Portland. As soon as you lose that status, you find out who your real friends are. You know, the people who used to call you for tickets for shows don't call you anymore because you can't get them into shows anymore. And all of these things, like, I have never been more disappointed in humanity than, like, at times where I've been doing well and times when I've been doing badly and the egregious difference in the way people have treated me. But you just see it, right? And so I think about it all the time, right? I'm incredibly driven. I know what I want. I will not stop until I get it. I don't have the luxury of giving up. It's just me. I don't have a partner. I don't have a a nest egg. I'm crying on Twitter. I'm like, I can't pay my September rent because I don't qualify for unemployment because as an independent contractor with just a 1099 and and, and no W-2, I don't qualify for unemployment. So I am really, really struggling right now, and I am really, really hustling. I don't want to live on other people's money. I want to live on the money that I earn. I want to make money. I want my stuff. I want to get mine. And so I don't want to have to rely on anybody else, and I certainly don't want another person to tell me what to write and what to say. And it's not that I can't work with others. It's just better when you don't tell me what to do. (laughs) So... I mean, and I don't want to be. And, I'm and not, I mean,
0: I'm and, and, and and like you know, anybody who's like heard you on Hal, anybody who heard you tonight, I think you know, like right. your book has got to be entertaining. I mean, anybody who I mean, listen, it listen is, to you. It is. I mean, it's, it's I, not
4: I, funny. My book isn't a. Is it's not a comedic. So there are moments in. Well, oh, that's clever. That's funny. <laughs> but if I wrote a memoir, still, that would be fucking hilarious. And then if I ever, if I ever just wrote a book just about my experience at the University of Georgia. See, I was going to bring Island. that up too, because well, <laughs> you it, talked what, about what, that
0: I, on how. Well, you talked about that on how, but you didn't. You, you teased it, and I was just like, "Because I have it this. Was I, a I have
4: Den of Sin. It was a full-on Den of Sin. That is what I would call that book. It would be called Den of Sin. It would be the best streaming thing on Netflix. I would have to fictionalize it so much. I would never be able to use anybody's real name because it's so embarrassing. The things yeah. that I heard and saw." And found out. I think what I said on on health show was that I learned more outside of the classroom when mm-hmm. I was at the University of Georgia, because I was pretty naive when I moved from New Jersey to Georgia in 1989. I was 19 or just I turned 20, and uh, I was not very I was not very worldly. I was not right. very expe- I was not very experienced in the way. You're the a nice Jewish girl. <laughs> I was just a, I was a late bloomer and this mouth walked into the Bible belt and was like, what is this shit? So I saw a (laughs) lot of racism where I was like, why, why Why are there, why is there a regular student union and a black student union? Why is that? That's weird. I don't know. Why? And there's there's a lot, there's a lot of fish out of water kind of moments, you know, and um, I don't. Well, maybe in New Orleans, you know, that people who live, people who are native to the South, people who have Southern accents cannot do a Northern accent to save their lives. But right. people from the North can, can do a Southern accent. So when I moved and I got to the University of Georgia drama department, people were mm-hmm. like, "Do my cousin Vinny, cause my cousin Vinny had just come out. Right. And so I, all I would do for like, like for the first three months I was at the University of Georgia People heard, I'm like, I guess I sounded very exotic to them, but they were like, they all wanted me to do impressions of Marissa Tomei.
0: My biological I, clock is ticking like this. I ain't never getting married.
4: Exactly. And they're like, how do you do that? And I'm like, because I grew up around it. That's how right. I mean. I grew up with people who talk like the guys on The Sopranos. I grew up in Jersey around. Although it's weird
0: in New, or- in New Orleans itself, if it like especially if like right next to New Orleans, there's St. Bernard. Um, people from St. Bernard sound like they're from Brooklyn. It's the weirdest, right? Thing. And you, you have
4: all of those amazingly fantastic dialects in New Orleans that are just. Yeah. I mean, because you have the Cajun and Creole, and you have Southern, and you have all of those other influences that create so many different accents within the same region and I, I i love i love i've never been to new orleans it's on the bucket list but and somebody i went to college with was from new orleans and he would be a major character cuz he was a giant piece of shit so <laughs> it's fascinating though those stories like as you are living your life i'm looking i was at the university of georgia i'm like i'm going to write a book about this someday this is insane We'll see,
0: see, mm-hmm. my, my long-term plan, though, for for like the podcast, is like includes like all right. So first is if when I get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube, I'm going to two days a week. Then when uh-huh. I get to when I get to the monetization, when I get enough hours to be monetized, I then I then also dual stream to Twitch. But then at some point down the road, afterwards, I, my the third project is I want to create a separate YouTube channel where I do it strictly like an adult type thing where I cover more adult type things where I can go a little more in depth and more and cover like more adult topics. And I call it like liberal Dan after dark or call it like uh-huh. sex with liberal Dan, or something like that. And uh-huh. so we can talk about like more adult type things. So that I was like, man, I would love to have you on the show to talk about the, the den of sin and talk about uh-huh. all the, all the uh-huh. shenanigans that went on. During the, the during sure. at the drama department of University of Georgia with talking about that but yeah so that that's what converse- but that's like a day seven type thing
4: Yeah and then conversely we could talk about how I'm the most single woman alive now and I will probably never date anybody ever again so that's well the my God how said
0: you were too much for the last guy or something Oh like, God. scared him oh, off
4: Oh, that poor guy oh well first of all, I hadn't been on a date since the last date I was on before the date that I was on and I, I dated a guy for like barely a month for like from like the middle of June to like the middle of July. Like I can't even really count it as anything cause it was just so not good. But before that, the last date I had been on was in 2020. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and before that date, it had been a while. So Portland is the worst and I have a whole dating questionnaire that I would I have written about and performed also as a storytelling thing, because it's so insanely hilarious because it's true. And there's a list of questions on this questionnaire just to use as a screening process. Should I ever try to date somebody based on people I had already dated? So like, you know, are you currently selling your plasma to pay your bills? That's a real person. And so like it's a method of screening. So I, this person that I dated last, last month, barely, I don't know why he put himself on the apps at all because he was in no place to be dating and he even admitted it. And then his therapist told him like, you're not supposed to be, you should not be dating. He had a medical thing back in March where he was in a coma for 10 days. That Mm. already would fuck anybody up. Coming out of a coma takes a lot of recovery, like a lot of recovery, not just physically, but mentally, like you were gone, but you were here, but you're not you. And it, he went through a lot and uh, and one of the things that happened to him, because he was intubated, his vocal cords got damaged and his voice completely was changed. And he didn't sound like himself to him and his friends and say, wow, your voice is so different. You don't even sound like you. That's so weird. And that fucked him up. So he's like, I think I'll just start dating instead of handling things. And so, because and on our first date, like, because we, ma- we matched on him and within like th- three hours we were sitting across from each other. At a table, which never happens in Portland, like ever. They usually drag it out for three months. But the only and the reason we met so quickly is because I got tickets to Samantha B that night, and so we met. And like within five minutes, he's like, "Yeah, so I was in a coma for ten days." And I'm like, "Well, what, what, what?" Because he didn't mention that when we were chatting. And you have so a lot on of people on his in his chat profile. saying,
0: "I date you, I date you."
4: <laughs> and then and then and then on his profile it doesn't say I was recently in a coma. Why? Well, I, right. I guess you don't really you don't want to lead with that, I guess. So. I was like, tell me about that. And he was like, well, you know, my doctor says I'm totally fine. And that if, and that if he didn't know that I was in a coma, I, he wouldn't know because I really don't have any deficits. I'm like, you really don't? And he's like, well, I kind of, I, cause sometimes I forget things and I lose track of time and I forget, you know, I forget stuff, you know, like you know, someone will text me and I forget to text them back. And I'm like, uh-huh. So that would make it difficult to date somebody because you kind of have to be in touch with somebody that you're dating. It's like, oh, no, no, no. If I was dating somebody, I would be able to stay in touch with them. Like, okay, well, that's good to know. And so he was not good at that at all. And he was, here's what I learned, though. I learned that I have an anxious attachment style and he had an avoidant attachment style, which is why after our third date, he disappeared. His disappeared. for like, he was like, I, I'm getting, it was right around July 4th. He's like, I'm just, I mean, I need to get away for a few days. I'm like, get away from what? You live by yourself. Right. By yourself. You sold, you just sold off your business and you told me you have plenty of money to live on until December. You have your own car. Like what, what do you have to get away from? Oh, me. You have to get away from me. Like, no, 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 no. I just have a lot of life things going on. I'm like, mm mm-hmm. Okay, fine. I didn't hear from him
3: for a week.
4: So I text him like, if you're dead, if you're ghosting me, like whatever. I need to know because this is ridiculous. And I don't know how to date. I do not know how to date. I don't know how to chill. I have no game. I nothing. And so, and this man is 45 years old. He should be able to communicate with me. I was like, I just need communication. He's like, I'll be a great communicator. And no, he wasn't. So he comes back from disappearing. And I thought I thought he went camping. Because he made it sound like he was going to go camping for a week. If you go camping, right. you're off the grid. You're not going to text me. I understand that. A closing and end date to that I'm leaving. I'll be back Monday. Something like that would be nice. I didn't get that. I just, got, I'm, I, I just got to get away. I assume he's in the woods. So after about a week and a half, I'm like, I just need to know if I'm being ghosted and whether or not I should re- download my Hinge. Because he told me after our on our second date, he told me our first date was the best first date he had ever had. And he immediately down, um, deleted Hinge off of his phone as soon as he dropped me off after our first date. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. And he he told his sister about me, and he told other friends about my life. I'm never telling my mother about you, like, unless you're in my life for, like, at least six months. So this is crazy. That was like a red flag, and my friend's like, no, 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 that's good. It means he's excited about you. It means he likes you. And I was like, so I should get excited. They're like, yeah, no, this is good. And I'm like, I don't know. And I didn't listen to my own self because society tells you to not, don't do that. And so he comes back, right? And so I'm just like, are you dead? And he didn't respond to the text. I'm like, okay, so you're dead. And then I decided after like another day and a half, I'm like, well, I'm just going to leave him a voicemail to say goodbye. And I call him and I'm leaving him a voicemail and a text pops up that says, can I call you in 20 minutes? And I'm just like, what? (laughs) He never went camping. He never went out of town. He was within cell phone range the whole time because he was at home not dealing with the fact that he has difficulties in his life. And so I was like, if you can't handle, like, maybe you shouldn't date. Like, maybe you right. shouldn't be dating. And so, therefore, we are not. And so he was like, no, 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 I like you, and we can make this work. And then another week where I didn't hear from him. I'm like, fuck this. I don't have to live like this. I have a choice. My choice is to not live like this. And at that time, I was already watching all of these TikTok videos about avoiding attachment styles. And anxious attachment styles. And I think it's actually very important for people to find out who they are in a relationship. Are you someone who is secure? My friend Allison is the most secure person I know. She's like, oh, I'm busy. I can't hang out with you. I'm like, that's cool. That's a secure attachment style. I don't have that. I have the anxious attachment style, which is I, you used to text me all day, every day for two solid weeks, and then I don't hear from you. So that makes me feel anxious. And so I texted him, and I was like, I'm done. I'm tapped out. I can't live like this. This is ridiculous. This is incredibly unfair to me. And I don't even think you're that into me. And then he, he texts back, well, yes, you're right, and I'm sorry. And just know, you're an extraordinary person. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> Why'd you have to do that? Don't right. tell me I'm an extraordinary person. I'm so extraordinary. Why can't you figure your shit out to hang out with me? I'm so extraordinary. I would be worth it. I would, it would be worth it to you to handle your business. But you shouldn't have been dating in the first place. He came over to see me one, one of the times that we hung out. He came over to see me and took me out straight from seeing his therapist. I, and he even said, I'm going to be nearby because I have therapy. And I was like, well, it's really good that you're seeing a therapist. I appreciate that. And I, I, I approve of therapy and I believe in it and all that good stuff. Should you come and hang out with me immediately after therapy? Probably not. You probably shouldn't do anything after, an, after going to therapy except go home. For, for anybody, you should go home. You should think about what you worked through. You should not go straight to date. And it turns out right. that he had said to his therapist, she, she asked him, so what are your plans for the week? He goes, well, I'm going to go see the girl I'm dating right now. She goes, you're dating somebody? You're, you're, <laughs> he mentions this as he's walking out the door. He goes, you're dating somebody? You should absolutely not be dating. And like, I don't know that therapist should say that to him. Maybe they should phrase it as a question do you think this is a good time for you right. with all that you have going on? Which is the question I asked. Do you think this is the right? Oh yeah, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I said to him, you're there and he's laughing. He's like, Oh, my therapist says not a good time. I'm Like, yeah, that's fucking hilarious. Guess what? She's right. It's not a good time for you to be dating. And unfortunately you're dating me right now. So that's awesome. So again, it goes back to one of those where it's like, you think you're hitting the big time. Cause because Pat Oswald retweeted you or you think you're hitting the big time because Hal Sparks is on your podcast and you think you're hitting the big time. I thought maybe I finally found a person I can actually be with because he hit a lot of the things that matter to me as far as someone who would be a part. He's very kind. He's very nice. Um, he's phys- I was physically attracted to him, which is a rare occurrence in Portland or in my <laughs> life at all. Not that, I'm the, not, the, not that I am the end all be all. I never I don't think that at all and I do not have unrealistic uh, expectation. I don't expect to date somebody who would be rated quote unquote a 10. If I don't see myself in that way, I don't, I don't need you to be, you know, I'm not expecting to find a Dave Grohl or a Idris Elba in Portland. Uh-huh. I am not that. I am not that person. I expect to have, somewhat have a life together. You know, you need to be over a certain age because I'm 54. So there's an age restriction, you need to be employed, live on your own, or at least live somewhere where you're not well, on my dating questionnaire. Do you have roommates? Do you have roommates you're currently sleeping with? Do you have roommates you used to sleep with? These are all people I've encountered. So, you know, I don't, I don't want that. And the other thing that happens in Portland is uh, ethical non-monogamy is a big thing here. Which right. Disgusting. I, I'm not going to do that. I can't find one person. You have a seven <laughs> on a rotation. Like, how'd you do that? That's what I want to do. I just want, <laughs> want to walk up to couples. I don't know if I said this on Hal's podcast, but I always want to walk up to couples. I don't care if they're happy. I'm not interested in that. I don't care what the status is. Like if they had they'd like each other at the moment. But you see a couple. I passed a couple today on my way to the grocery store. They were an older couple. They had clearly been together forever. And I just wanted to walk up to them and go, how did you do this? How did you find each other? How did you, how did you cut through all of the bullshit that I, you like me do you not like me are we a thing or are we not a thing do you want to go up any minute are we in it? how do you get there how do you do that how do you let another person into your life with all of their disgusting body stuff how do you how do you let yourself be vulnerable with another person again with all your disgusting body stuff with all your weird things and I've been single for so long that I don't even know if I could do it and then I met somebody where I was like maybe I could do that with this guy I think right. maybe, maybe I could do that Maybe I could do that. And then we no, revealed was, a whole bunch of other
0: stuff that, you know, hey
4: so, Maybe not. So he couldn't handle his he couldn't handle his business. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I might have an anxious attachment style and I might not have two nickels to rub together, but I also firmly know who I, I am. I heard as that a wrong for perver-
0: I, I I heard I I heard that wrong for a quick second and I'm like, what? Oh nickels. Nickels. Okay. I heard something else. Nickels. What, what did you think? Something else that sounds like nickels. Into-
4: Nope. I do have nipples, but there's nobody around to rub them. It's fine. Okay.
0: Um,
4: I don't even want to do it. Like, I'm a, I'm a menopausal woman. Like, I don't even care. I see people making out on television. I'm like, ugh, stop it. mouth, gross. Stop it. Um, <laughs> that's a thing that women don't get to talk about enough, though, because men don't want to hear about it body women body stuff they don't want to hear about our periods they don't want to hear about our uteruses they don't want to hear about fallopian tubes they don't want to and hear see, about i'm
0: see i'm see i'm fine with all that stuff i've been like i don't know i was raised like you my, are
4: you i know are, but like the, the then God,
0: i've been married for, for i've been married for 16 years and i'm fine with all that stuff so, so I guess.
4: Like, but yeah for but for you know someone so like there are so many things that change in your body when you go through menopause, none of which you're prepared for, none of which your doctor is educated about, none of which is spoken of openly enough in society. There are no role models to look to, to speak to, to follow. And you're just like, I, when I was going through perimenopause, I was an insane, crazy person, and I thought everything was fine. And people are like, maybe you should go, and I couldn't go on hormones because – uh, they, you know, the hormone replacement therapy can cause breast cancer. My mother's a breast cancer survivor. Again, the Ashkenazi Jewish thing. Right. So, and people are like, you seem a little, up, you seem a little this. maybe you should consider this. I'm like, I'm fine. Really? No, I was not fine. It's other people. <laughs> really? No, it was not other people. It was me. I just didn't know that because my doctor didn't know. Nobody knew because nobody, it's just ridiculous how little women know about our own bodies. And Samantha B calls menopause reverse puberty, which is great. It's a great way to frame it because it's just you're, you're whole, everything's just falling apart. And there are times where I'm like, no, it's fine that I'm single. Who wants this? Who wants the night sweating and the, everything that goes with all of the thing? Your whole body just starts, everything. You can put yourself together on social media and make it look like everything's fine, but no, man. It's not good. It's not good. So, But this guy... Was his big, burly, anything I said, he was like, nope, cool with that. He was raised by women, got, had sisters. So someone in the
0: chat goes, is dating women an but, option for you?
4: <laughs> no, it is not. I'm so sad about that, too. I was born this way. I just, I can't help it. I am in a city where, of the hottest lesbians, the hottest lesbians live in Portland. I can acknowledge that. I see them. I'm friends with them. I, I just can't. I had a wonderful friend, my beloved friend, Betty Wills, who passed away last year of pancreatic cancer because all the wrong people get cancer. Um, the biggest dyke in all of Portland. Love her so, so, much, so much. It is rare. You can't throw a rock at a lesbian in Portland without them knowing Betty. I mean, that's just, that's the joke. And so we used to, and she would be like, oh, come on, Dublin, because she always called me by my last name. It's like, oh, come on, Dublin, just try it. Just try it. Like, lesbians have been saying to me since college. Oh, just the try. spaghetti
0: line. Did they try the spaghetti just, line on you?
4: What's the spaghetti line?
0: Uh, I, I can't exactly remember how it goes. Um, uh, clearly, they haven't because if it, but you'd know it, if they did. No. But uh, It's
4: not like eating spaghetti. I can tell you that. No, not like, like
0: eating spaghetti, that. but like okay. <laughs> what is it? Oh, I spaghetti. Keep talking
4: about different. Sh- is it no. Like comes in all different shapes. No, I don't know. No. I don't know what it is. But the the point is, no. The point is, no. I can't. And so I wish. I like, I wish I could be. I've never, never oh, in oh,
0: my Oh, I don't. A- I'm, oh, you say I'm I'm not a lesbian. I'm straight. So is spaghetti until it gets wet. Ha 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 ha
4: ha 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 ha. ha. That's funny. It's a good joke, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. It's, unfortunate. Yeah. it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I wish that um. It's, I wish uh, I could be. I have never in my life been physically attracted to a woman sexually. I've been attracted to women personality wise. I I adore women. I get excited when I meet new women because I like, I'm much more interested at this point in my life, um, deepening my friendships with women because women are, in, you know, much more interesting and complicated and I'm a woman and I relate to them better and I'm not trying to date them. So it's, it's easier to have relationships and friendships with them. Um, but I used to joke with my friend, Betty, that I needed to get a T-shirt, uh, especially for Portland. And on the front, it says, uh, sorry, I'm not a lesbian. I just have short hair. And then on the back, it says, yeah, I'm disappointed too.
0: <laughs> that's a great, so that's I a great had, idea.
4: I got that shirt made. I got it made after she died. And then I wore it out to dinner with her ex-girlfriend's. And the looks we got were incredible. Her her girlfriend is her ex girlfriend is gorgeous, and she's married now. And so, but I went out with her because I was like Sarah. I can't just walk down the street wearing this shirt because then it's like, yeah, I know I'm hot. Like I know you're, I know you're cruising me. I know you're checking me out. But sorry, like that's obnoxious. But if I wear it in a room full of lesbians, (laughs) they're gonna love it every lesbian who has seen this shirt loves the shirt they love it they love it they love it and then I get the heads tilt with you know the kind of the the disappointed like Billy you know like I'm so so, like you don't ever want to disappoint a lesbian because lesbians are the most wonderful magical humans and they have literally saved my life throughout the years like literally like an EMT like a like a police officer like a great friend like I love them and I have been I If anyone out there wants to start calling me mother, I'm so ready for that because I am mother for the entire LGBTQ plus community. Like, I see you. I saw you before you saw yourself. I loved you before you knew that you were you. Like, I have been that ally my whole life, and I am completely accepting. I was out there at Pride wearing the mom hug shirt. Like, that's me. So I am... I am super supportive of every single alternative lifestyle and anybody where you can find love, go. Like Patton Oswald says, if you have love standing in front of you, run, run to it, run to it with open arms and embrace it with all that you have. And I embrace all love that I see. All, all consenting love is beautiful and I support all of it. And honestly, if I could dip my toe, into the rainbow world, it would have been in there long ago. Mm -hmm. So instead I just admire and, and and, and I live my life as an ally to all of the communities I wasn't born into. And I feel that's my responsibility as a human. I think that's everybody's responsibility as a human, but not everybody sees it that way. And so I try to, unfortunately, unfortunately, and I'm always learning. I'm always learning how to be a better ally. I'm always learning how to better advocate I'm always um, trying to let it be known that I'm here to listen, Um, especially, you know, when it comes to black women. I have been in awe of black women my whole life, and it's not a great time to be a white woman. So they don't need me to speak for them, and I never would. But what they do need is for me to elevate and amplify their voices whenever I can. Yep, And then that's, show, exactly,
0: that's, what, that's exactly what I've said on, on my podcast all the time. Like, so it's like it's our responsibility to use our privilege right. to amplify the voices of others.
4: That is right. That is right. And so like the whole, like when we, when we were witnesses to the Alabama brawl, the river brawl that united our communities in the most beautiful and hilarious way. The I like, I made a video about like, That that did really well on TikTok where I was like, uh, someday I'll be able to tell my grandchildren that I was a witness to the history that was the Alabama riverboat, the Montgomery riverboat brawl, the battle of Montgomery. Like the videos from that have been just genius, hilarious. I spent a day just laughing. It was beautiful. And I loved it and I get it, you know. And I was just like, I just, a quick question on behalf of the white folks, can we please come to the Victory Barbecue? I will personally make sure there are no raisins. Like, you know, you know, right? right. And we all know also, if you know, you know, there's a difference between white people and white folks. And right. I'm honored to be considered white folks. It's very, very important to me because being an ally to the black community and to the LGBTQ community, it's been like lifelong, lifelong things that I've been very proud of. And there, you know, throughout history, it's not always been easy to be that ally. And right now mm-hmm. it's not easy to be that ally only because, other people are like, oh, you're being a white savior. Oh, you're a Karen. Oh, white. Oh, white, 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 white. And it's like, there's so many white women that I can't claim because they voted for Trump, or they're transphobes, or they think J.K. Rowling is great, or they're the Moms for Liberty, right. or you know, whoever they are. So it's no, I don't support all women. I support women who are good human beings. You're, are you a good right. human being? Do you? Sh- are are you? <laughs> and that's true of all people. I don't care your background, your race, your religion, whatever. Like, I think all religions are cults, but I mean, if it, if it brings joy to your life and you're not trying to shove it down my throat, great, go live, go and be. Right. And that's the, that's the irony of all of these hypocrites, these cult 45 people who are in multiple cults because the church is a cult. Any group think is dangerous. And so they're all carefully taught to hate all of the same people and they get mad at you. If you don't hate them the same way because you look like they do. Like, well, you're a white lady. Why don't you hate the same people I do? And I'm like, because I'm not a fucking asshole. Because nobody taught me to hate. You're not born hating anybody. You're not born believing anything. Why don't you just listen? Your lived experience, your white privilege does not extend nearly as far as you think that it does. And you need to shut your mouth and listen more. As we've been talking for two hours. But, I mean... I just, listen, I learned just the other day, I shared my video on as a reel on Facebook about how much I enjoyed, you know, how the Montgomery thing brought us all together. And I used the fist emoji, but I used the fist emoji that uh, matches my skin.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: And a, fr- a friend of mine who was a black woman replied with, I see this and I appreciate this, but can we get a, and she put up the black fist emoji Mm -hmm. and I I responded with, I did not know that I was allowed to use that emoji because that does not represent my skin color, but I stand with you as an ally. So from now on, I will use the two together. White and black fist next, next to each other. That is now an accepted way to show allyship, not the black fist alone. I can't use the black fist alone. I can use the black fist next to the white fist. It's something that I was, uh, I only, like literally this week learned as another way to show my allyship, but I never would have done that without learning it from a, I never would have presumed it. Right. And I, like I never would use the N word and like I would never, there are certain things in black culture that do not belong to us that we may not have. And I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that, and anybody who bitches, oh, who loves to say the n-word, that's because it's right. not ours. It doesn't belong. To I us. say the n-word
0: word the exact us. amount of times that I want to.
4: Zero. <laughs> Zero. Same. Same. If you use the f-word in in when you're talking about a person who is gay, well, they will never right. use that word. Never. W- why would you? Why would you? Why do you have to use these hurtful words? And these are all the same people in their Bible. The Bible cult that the Bible teaches you the love. of love one another and do unto others and be kind and love thy neighbor. And when are they ever practicing those things? I know that there are people out there who live that doc, the Christian doctrine in the way that they're meant to. They are kind. They are good human beings. They are active members of their community. They do for other people. You know, they're, they're basically good humans. You don't need a book to tell you that, like you should just do that. Um, But the, the people who hide behind their hate behind the Bible, when they're cherry picking the constitution and the Bible <laughs> to justify hating. Oh, yeah. Like that's not what they're there for. That's not what those, those pieces of paper are not there for you to decide which parts of it apply to you and which parts you like and which parts you don't like. That's, that's not American. That's not democracy. And that's, it's not, that's why your religion doesn't belong in my government because it's that your religion is subjective and it does not apply to all Americans. That's, you can go – your religious freedom applies to all Americans, but your specific religious doctrines do not. So don't bring your Christian doctrine into my Congress. Do not. I don't want it there. Take it home with you. Take it to your church. Keep it out of my government. Keep it out of my body. Keep it out of my laws. My body is none of your business. Your body is none of my business. I don't care what you're doing at home, buying clothes. Exactly. doors. I don't care. None of as your long business, as everyone really consents. not. I do not understand when it became okay for any member of the government to make a comment about a private citizen's body, a private citizen's medical procedures. I don't think the government would care if you had a bunion on your toe and you went to the doctor to get it removed or you had a, a, a tumor in your body that could kill you. They're fine with that getting removed. But an ectopic pregnancy that could kill the mother, don't leave that in there because it might be a baby. No, it right. won't. No, it so, will never be not gonna. It will never be viable. It will never survive outside. And I think we need to stop talking about when life begins. Who cares? Who cares when life begins? You know what matters? Did you give birth to a live baby that you're going to take care of and feed and clothes and educate and take care of until it can take care of itself at the age of 18, 19, 20? Or are you not? That's what should matter. And so what's the matter to Republicans is if you have a child that you bring into this world, here are programs to help you thrive and survive. Not we're going to take away your food benefit. We're going to take away unemployment. We're going to take away Social Security. We're going to take away public education. We're going to take away medical procedures to make sure you can have a healthy baby and then have another healthy baby and then have another one if you want one. We're going to take all of that away. Wait, what are you complaining about? Why are you complaining? We're We're just doing the Lord's work. No, you're not. You're doing your exactly. uptight, repressed, subjugated, scared, othered, carefully taught bullshit is what you're doing. And if you were a true Christian and if you truly loved other people, you would leave them alone and mind your own part. That's actually the biggest lesson I learned in college. Mind your part. If you're minding your part and everyone else is minding their own part, we would live in a much better and happier world, but we can't do that. We yep. just can't do that. And so in all of the different things that I believe, if anyone takes nothing else away from the two hours that we've been talking, and how incredibly generous, by the way, to
0: talk for oh, this Oh, my song, pleasure.
4: Thank you. Oh. Anyone I mean, who, it's, it's anyone, been
0: wonderful. It doesn't even feel like yeah, two I mean, hours. It's, so.
4: No, it doesn't. It, this, what happens, Dan, is anyone who talks to me for more than five minutes accidentally ends up becoming my therapist. So I end up working like through a lot of things when I, when I go on these podcasts. There's a lot of things going on all at once, and we, ha- we often suffer from tunnel vision. We're very focused on this, and so we miss the big picture. Um, and so one great thing about being a woman, though, is we have the ability to multitask, and we can multitask in our outrage. So I can be angry about the state of the Republican Party. I can be frustrated about my work situation. I can be frustrated that I can't find a partner in life. I can talk about all of these things. They all comprise the person that I am because nobody is just one thing. And that's, and I, I don't want, ever want to get pigeonholed. So like when the MAGA people are like, oh, Tara, she's, she's a crazy liberal. Nah, I, I'm just a person who tells the truth about everything. And that's a problem for a lot of people because a lot of the truth that I tell is hard for them and it's scary and that's why I have all those MAGA blocks.
2: They can't handle the truth.
4: They can't but here's the other thing. I make Democrats tell the truth also. I expect Democrats to tell the truth. I expect them to tell the truth and then live up to their promises. That's why I vote and that's why we should all vote and if you don't vote then you can't bitch and I will hold Democrats accountable and if people say we don't hold Democrats accountable, I always bring up John Edwards because he's a giant piece of shit. And yep. he held him accountable. Michael Avenatti, another giant piece of shit. It turned out these are huge disappointments. Disappointments. Like, I'm, I'm really constantly.
0: I will, call, I will. constantly call up people on on the left. You know, be they Democrats or non, or leftists or whatever. If if they are not doing, doing bad, when I mean, when when the Young Turks started you. start, when the Young Turks started pulling off some of their turfy anti-trans uh, stuff, I oh, I yeah. was just like what are y'all doing and then like the young the, no. they also started coming out against and just they're like maybe it's a good idea that we got rid of affirmative action what who are what?
4: y'all I, exactly yeah. and it's there's so much they're they're chasing the clout of the lowest common denominator which i don't understand that either like when did the stupid people become the ones we pay attention to the most what happened to paying attention to the smart people and why aren't we making smart people cool and why like the smart people were never the cool kids in high school, but you want the smart people to be running things, don't you? Right. And yet Congress is full of really fucking stupid people. And yep. one of the things that I always, and maybe we can close on this. One of the things that I ask people to do, because we, because when you're, when you're the frog in the boiling water and you don't realize you're being boiled, um, you forget what normalcy looks like, what our lives look like pre-Trump what politics were like pre-Trump, even as recently as 2012. We had social media. I will tell you that not one Mitt Romney rose up from the depths of Twitter and called me a lid turned kike. That <sighs> happened thanks to Trump. That right. happened thanks to Trump. And I, I will contend that we can get back to some semblance of normalcy with all of that, that we can have um, you know, that legitimacy back in politics. But it's important that people see it in a really stark way. So I will encourage everybody who's still hanging in there with us right now, I encourage everybody who watched the Nancy Pelosi documentary, Pelosi in the House, that her daughter Alexandra did. Because aside from me showing what a fucking badass she was on, on January 6th. Yeah, that 6, was really
0: awesome. That was awesome.
4: She didn't shed a single tear. She was rip shit furious, and she handled it. And her grandchildren were there. And at no point, but she was she like, oh, my God, I got nothing. She didn't break. The a fucking badass. That and the fact she was making the bed while Mike Pence is on the phone and she's ignoring that. I loved all of that because I love that part. But the important thing that I want people to take from this, watch the footage of the first time Nancy Pelosi becomes Speaker of the House and how respectful the Republicans are to her. They give her a standing ovation in the chamber. Republicans and Democrats all stand. John Boehner gets up and makes a speech about Nancy Pelosi and the man has tears in his eyes talking about how Nancy Pelosi is an amazing role model for his daughter. And then just a few years later, a black fella is elected president. Oh, no. And the racists start rising to the surface and then Donald Trump enables them further. And then we have John Boehner talking shit about Nancy Pelosi. Then we have Republicans talking shit about Nancy Pelosi and demonizing her and portraying her as this witch and this evil person when barely eight years before they couldn't say enough good things about her when they were in thrall of her, when they could not, they couldn't get to her fast enough to congratulate her and surround her and let her know how great they all thought she was. And now Those same people have done a complete 180. It's astonishing and it's abhorrent because they sold their souls. The one person they are, to this day, are still choosing Donald Trump over the United States of America. It's disgusting. It's disgusting to me. You cannot, I don't think there's anything... There's a lot of terrible things that people can do to each other physically. There's a lot of harm and bodily injury and horrific unspeakable things that human beings can do to be a traitor to your country and then try to get other people join you to overthrow your government, your government, the United States of America was founded by people who were escaping oppression and religious oppression and looking for the freedom to live authentically as themselves to worship whatever God they thought was right for them to live any way they wanted. And we have gone all the way back to that, where there are people who talk about the civil war and seceding from the United States because Donald Trump is a fucking criminal who somehow compromised the remainder of the Republican Party to this point where they will choose this one man over the United States of America, that's unspeakable to me. That's abhorrent to me. That's vulgar. It's it's vulgar. And I don't know what it takes to make any of the the, if they're going to stay in the cult. That's one thing. There are people in our real actual Congress, our real Congress who make our real laws who decide what happens in our real lives, who have chosen him instead of the country, instead of loyalty to their own constituents. They have chosen loyalty to one man. And some of their constituents are okay with that. I'm not. I'm not okay with elected officials abusing their platforms and their privileges. What was Ted Cruz tweeting about today? He was tweeting that he demanded an investigation into the Bud Light-Dylan Mulvaney controversy. <laughs> an investigation into Bud Light. How much money did they lose over the Dylan Mulvaney thing? That's what, and last week he was crying about the Barbie movie or whatever, complaining that the Barbie movie is actually Chinese propaganda because they show a child-drawn map of the world in it that really means Barbie wants you to be a communist and, and that China is a superpower that should rule the world. That's what Ted Cruz is doing. Ted Cruz is sending out fundraising.
0: Meanwhile, Ted Cruz is a spineless a-hole who, I mean, yeah. you know, who couldn't stand he up to Trump, Trump. who was, was just insulting him and his wife and his dad just right. in
4: and 2016. Exactly. And now he is Donald Trump's permanent toilet and bidet. So, yep. and Lindsey Graham. All of the people whose names weren't read by Fonnie Willis the other night, there are 30 more unnamed, unindicted co-conspirators named in that indictment. There's 30 more co-conspirators or something? Who? Is it Ted Cruz? Is it Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is it Lauren Boebert? Is it Matt Gaetz? Is it Jim Jordan? Is it Lindsey Graham? Who flipped? Did Lindsey Lindsey Graham flip because he wasn't named by Fonnie Willis? I mean, eventually... They're going to walk away. I happen to think this is what we should end on. You know what's, mm-hmm. what it's going to take for a wow. lot of people? A week. For, he has a deadline of a week from tomorrow to surrender to right. They all do. All, all 19 of them in Georgia. They're all going to have to surrender. They're all going to be arrested. They're all going to be booked. They're all going to be processed. But they made the announcement that they're going, release, they're going to release the mugshot. The mugshot of Donald Trump without his hair without the lips in his shoes, possibly without teeth,
2: <laughs>
4: without makeup, when they see the weakness that he truly is, I really hope they see it. Because not only does the emperor or the trumperer, the trumperer has no clothes, but he also has no spine, no hair, no teeth, no money, no, nothing. He has nothing. He has. You have been supporting nothing for all of this time. And for what? What did you get? Your, because your loyalty is not getting rewarded. Look nope. at Jenna Ellis. All right. Like, that's one example. There are none of them. He's not going to lift a tiny finger to help any of them. He would walk over the bodies of his grandchildren to escape a burning building and then blame them for starting the fire. And I know that whoever's listening, except for your one conservative, like, your one conservative, I could change his mind. How many more indictments do you need to see? How many more charges do you need to see? How much more truth do you need to be presented with? Like, I'm sorry you're disappointed. I'm sorry you backed the wrong guy and you feel bad about it. Like, oh, no, it's embarrassing. I backed the wrong guy. Yeah, I was embarrassed that I backed Michael Avenatti. I got a hat that says Basta. I thought he was great until he wasn't. Right. And the second I found out what he did to right. Stormy Daniels, the second I was like, I'm done. The second I found out John Edwards impregnated his mistress when he was cheating on his wife who was dying of cancer. Tell me how I'm supposed to find a silver lining in that. Tell me how I'm supposed to spin that. There's no way to spin that. Bye. Bye. I'm done. We are done with you now. You're persona non grata. That's what should have happened to Newt Gingrich when he walked away from his dying, or his wife who was being treated for cancer, He cheated on her and walked away to the next one. Like, all of these hypocrites, every last one of them, every single one of them, going on Twitter, acting, all of this bravado, all of this bullshit, when when do you stop? They must be so exhausted. They must be so exhausted. They all look like shit. They've all aged terribly because of him. Everything t- t- Trump touches dies. When well, we saw the on? picture of DeSantis
0: that we, that we commented on. We're like, wait, he's, how old is he again? 44? He is 44,
4: he is yeah. 44 years old. H-
0: Hatred Ted will Cruz cause you to age very uh, a lot.
4: Oh my God. Ted Cruz is a year younger than I am. <clears throat> Ted Cruz was born in December of 1970. I was born in April of 1969. You put a picture of me, even not even the greatest picture, it doesn't have to be, next to a picture of Ted Cruz. You're like, these people were not born in the same century. That's It can't be.
2: Right. I,
4: it's just because I am I'm – I'm a year older than Melania. We have the same exact birthday, but she was born in 1970, and I'm born in 69. I'm the same age as Kimberly Guilfoyle.
0: I think Kimberly so, Guilfoyle says the best is yet to come. I'm I'm convinced uh, that the uh, best uh, can't best can't can't be, can't be married to a Trump because nobody married to a Trump will ever come.
4: No, unless no, <laughs> they can't because they're all too coked up. No, no. She spent all of that $180,000 that she was paid. She spent it all on turning herself into Melania 2.0, so that so that Coke Drip Junior could pretend he was banging his stepmother. It's disgusting. Their whole family is disgusting. They're all disgusting, and everything that I have said tonight is 100% true. I always tell the truth. The ugliest Remember. truth, I will tell the, I would tell the ugliest truth about myself. I will tell the ugly, I mean, to a point, not everybody's entitled to know everything. If you ask right. me what happened here, what happened here, what happened here, I'll be like, okay, this happened, and this happened, this is what happened. I'm not going to lie. I can't lie about things that you could go and look up for yourself. It right. That's the other thing that's so frustrating. Like the Google is right there for you, MAGA. It's right there. Why don't you just go ask it some questions? Somebody today was bagging on me about Joe Biden. I was like, you know what? Joe Biden can cure could cure cancer and you would find something to bitch about. And that person responded with, Joe Biden is a cancer on America. Right. Like, Well they're you. they're like, so
0: predictable. They're so predictable. Like one time when Donald Trump was like said that we had Obamacare for seventeen years or something like that, and it would it, it was like, and I was like, I was like Trump was like, I know, I was like, look, you know, I I tried to use it as things like, look, can we can we just agree that Donald Trump misspoke, and 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 really meant seven instead of seventeen, just like when Obama said, you know, fifty, and then paused and seven, and he really probably meant forty-seven, and he just like yeah. misspoke, and then. And I, so I, I, I predicted in my podcast, I was like, I guarantee you that when I say that to somebody, like when I call into the, to the conservative show that I call into all the time, mm-hmm. guarantee you the person is going to say, feels like 17. And then but that's what okay. they said because they're so darn well, predictable. It's they they like, is, you can set your, you oh. your watch by the predictability really of them. Yeah.
4: Well, you know what their responses are going to be. The ones who remain loyal will continue to spin. They will continue to find, a, try to find a scapegoat. I mean, John Podesta was trending today. That's how scared they are. They are digging. They are trying to find anything, any whataboutism, anything about the Clintons, anything, anything, anything. It doesn't matter. You can twist yourself into the biggest conspiracy pretzel on the planet. Hillary Clinton did not make Donald Trump commit treason. Hillary Clinton did not make Donald Trump steal documents from the White House. Hillary Clinton did not make Donald Trump violate RICO laws and or call Brad Rappensperger or all of the things that he's being indicted for. Hillary Clinton did none of those things, and she didn't make him do them. And neither did Hunter Biden, and neither did Barack Obama, and neither did I, and neither did any other Democrat. And they're going to continue to use bullying rather than facing the truth, and it is incumbent upon us to either not respond to it or be louder than MAGA, which is a hashtag that I use. I also have made a meme. I use that picture of Donald Trump with like, he, It's one of those where he, he has the orange makeup, but it doesn't quite go all the way back because it's not right. blended. And right. It, it's just, oh god. And it's and I I made it on the bottom. It says, "It's not my fault. This guy lied to you for eight years, crybaby, because it's not my fault. You can troll right. me all you want. You can make you can say all the names. You can call me any name you want. Does not change the fact that Donald Trump lied and grifted and, and bullshitted and has never once told you the truth about anything. He can't even tell you what he weighs. He can't tell you how tall he is.
0: Well,
2: we you may
4: very well find that out on,
0: on Friday, next Friday. Because
4: he's going to have to take his shoes off to get the appropriate height. And we're going to find out what he weighs. Now, we're not going to say anything about body shaming. But what we right. are going to do is say, Correct. you are a liar. This is not drunk Ronnie Jackson saying you are a svelte 255 or whatever. This is the Fulton County Sheriff's Department saying this fuck is actually a, a solid 310 or whatever he is. And I don't care. It doesn't matter what the number is. What matters is that he lied. What matters right. is that he lies. And that is what matters. He committed crimes and lied about them. He committed treason and lied about it. He fomented insurrection and lied about it. He is a lying, lying liar. If he's still breathing, he's lying. He will spend the rest of his miserable life fighting off every single one of these indictments and the ones next to come. He will not have a day of rest. He will not have a moment of peace. He will not sleep through the night. He will break lots of ketchup bottles against walls. He will soil a lot of depends. He will make a lot of people mad. And eventually he will end up alone, like Frank Langella at the end of the movie Dave. Remember that movie? Yeah. Remember the movie Dave with Kevin Klein? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Frank, Frank Langella comes up with this crazy focaccia scheme to try to become president of the United States and take over. And he makes it look like he's a great guy. And he has all of these people around him. And at the end of the movie, I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody, but Kevin <laughs> Klein faking as the president, stands up and tells the truth about what happens and then refakes the fake death again. And so, But he tells the truth about Frank Langella's character. So in one moment, he's sitting in this room and everyone's cheering and clapping and around him. And yay! And then the next time they cut back to him, he is alone. He's sitting there alone because everybody just heard the truth about him. Also, like, like Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather 2. You do enough terrible things to people. You treat enough people badly, even the people who remain loyal to you to the last. You push all of them away. You drive all of them away because you're only interested in saving yourself. That's who you're going to end up with.
0: I mean, that's why he can't find a lawyer because he stiff so many other of his past lawyers and other people. Nobody wants to work for him. So he has to, like, mean, scrape the bottom of the barrel. The
4: thing- what does Alina Habba think is going to happen to her? Alina Habba, well, she's a spokesperson now, not a lawyer right. anymore. But, like, right. what is she? She's not going nothing, to – nothing's going well for Alina Habba. Nothing's going well for John Laurel. I mean, why doesn't John Laurel look at the, the latest round of indictments and see how many lawyers' names are on that? If he doesn't pay right. you, then you're going to end up in prison with him or you're, yep. you're going to end up not paid and in prison. Those poor people that worked for him at Mar-a-Lago, the groundskeeper who's gonna f- is facing 100 years in prison for moving boxes for the boss because he, he was too afraid to open up his mouth and say, should we be doing this? So all of these people whose lives he has destroyed, he has destroyed these lives, and he doesn't care. He has no... He doesn't feel badly about it because he can't possibly. He has no remorse. He has no basic human feeling. He is a narcissist with a full-on martyr complex. So the only thing that he can do now is say that he's doing this for them. He's being arrested right. for them. They're taking me away for you. I'm doing this for you. No, he's not. No, he's not. The only thing that he's, he's doing, doing this is so he has not to go Right. He's, he doesn't want to go to prison. Look, The only place he may end up going to prison is in Georgia, and I will tell you something right now. You do not want to go to prison in Georgia. No. You do not. My father was in prison in Georgia. That's something not a lot of people know. That's a whole other long story that we can't get into right now, but it has nothing to do with politics. But anyway, (laughs) you don't want to be in prison in Georgia because once you're in the prison system in Georgia, you're not getting out so easily. It doesn't really matter who your lawyer is, but considering that Donald Trump is basically at public defender level now –
0: Right.
4: I mean, really, really. So it'll be interesting. We it'll be interesting to see. I'll be I'm looking forward to like the sociological aspects of what happens between now and next Friday. Who turns themselves in like who turns themselves in first?
0: Who's gonna go right over. Who, who flips who turns into the who's news states evidence who who is you know who of all the unindicted are the ones that have flipped? and who of the ones plead guilty right. for lesser sentences and 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 cushy right. deals to help to, to help you know bring the better charge of the lateral anyway so we're almost right. done because
4: we got that and so like for the next week I'm gonna be interested in seeing what the what the spin is because they haven't and one of one of the things they that Maga likes to say, well, he's been indicted, but he hasn't been convicted. Well, Eugene Carroll might disagree with you on a couple of those talking points, but you can't get a conviction if you haven't had a trial or you don't plead. So he's not going to plead. So he has to have a trial. This is how law works in America. Like at least watch one episode of law and order. If you're not going to Google how life works, like go watch one courtroom drama to understand how Mm -hmm. things go. Like, you don't you don't get charged and convicted on the same day, that's not how it works. So people are stupid, and it just it takes stupid people longer to learn things. I don't know that we'll ever get a full MAGA thing where they all turn they all turn on him.
0: But some think, will, and maybe enough will where it's you know so. meaningful.
4: I mean, it's, hey, I mean, and, and
0: Chris Christie even passed up uh, DeSantis in New Hampshire. So that's interesting, too, because he's floundering, too. DeSantis and that's a whole other. He's DeSantis floundering. He's, done. he's yeah. done.
4: Nobody like literally nobody likes Ron DeSantis. Literally nobody. I mean, Chris He's a, he's a whole a new turd.
0: There should be a Disney song about him, uh, a whole new turd. Oh,
4: my God. I mean, the, thing, the nicknames we can make up for Jack Boots McFlorida, just for our yeah. Governor Gitmo. I like to call him Governor Gitmo because he loves to torture people. All of those things. We have what what we know as Democrats is that we are the good guys. We do good things for people. We del- Democrats deliver, Republicans remove. That's a really easy way to to talk to people about stuff. Democrats want to give you all the good things so that you survive. Democrats, right. you know when you send your kid to school in the morning, your kid your the Democrats want your kid to come home alive instead of getting shot at school. You know, things like that. They want your kids to read books and learn things and, and be able to feed themselves and function as adult human, humans in the world. No all right. 90-second
0: warning. warning. So we've got to. Oh, my God. Better, yes.
4: Okay. We're almost done. Thank all you. All right. So
0: taradoublin.substack.com. I'm
4: all, all time. Holy crap.
0: No, taradoublin.substack.com. Uh, Taradoublin rocks on Twitter. Anywhere else that people can support you at?
4: Taradoublin rocks on TikTok and Twitter. com. Um... uh paypal.me dot me slash power Dublin. I'm on Venmo. I, I have no job right now, so if anyone out there knows a literary agent, hashtag sign Tara on Twitter, and please follow me and retweet. And thank you so much. Thank you. You're very you, welcome. Thank you, thank you so much. This, you are welcome man.
0: to come on any other time that you want. Open invitation. Be glad to have you again. You know, it's thanks, awesome friends. to have you on friend of the show. I'll link. I'll, I'll put links for that on my on my website as well. And retweet uh, you as well. Have a great so night. Much. I'll talk to you more later.
2: And uh, this Bye. is the end of this
0: week's episode. goodbye. This is the end of this week's to Liberlane Radio Talk to the That's right. Remember tomorrow, nerdydan.com on Twitch and my full day on Tuesday for my one year Twitch anniversary. Next Tuesday from 9 a.m. Central on. Join me next week and I'll be back next Wednesday, 8 p.m. Central again. Liberlane Radio for more talk to the left. That's right.